Saskatchewan's number one sports talk show is on. And now, starting an hour earlier, welcome inside the Radio Octagon. This is the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. Here's your host, Michael Ball. Back to the show. I say welcome back because we were away for 24 hours, but we're back now, Ballsy and Zinger. Now, Zinger has deeper pipes, so they said, Zinger, when the sports cage is done, can you stay around and do Zinger at night? So he is going to be here for a long stretch, but I've got him here as the best producer in Sports Talk Radio. Thanks, and you know man. why? Because you're a sports guy. You love sports. Oh, I attention to detail, so that's good, man. Uh, I'll tell you what, man. Why would anybody want to listen to anything if you're a sports fan, then this show. Like, we're talking Super You know, that's a good question. It's a really good question. We're talking Super Bowl. We're going to have the only Saskatchewan kid to ever win a Super Bowl, John Ryan, join us before 4 o'clock. Just after 3.30, actually, to be specific, if you want to tune in just for that. Although, why wouldn't you want to listen to the whole show? But I realize you got things going on. Um, I'm going to ask him, where are his Super Bowl Where's the Super Bowl ring going? Like in his will. I know that's kind of a morbid question, wow. but I always wondered where where he's putting the Super Bowl. I wonder ring. where I wonder where his ring is right now. Uh, maybe he should tell us that. So you know, I think I've heard he wears it every Super Bowl Sunday, whether Ooh. he's at an event or at home on his couch. I'm going to ask him that too. We're going to hear from Arash Madani again, live from the Super Bowl. Can't get enough of the Super Bowl coverage. He talked today with Larry Fitzgerald, who, in my opinion, played a starring role in a losing cause in the best Super Bowl that was ever played. I think that was the best one ever played, the Arizona Pittsburgh one, where uh, Roethlisberger threw. Threw a perfect pass in the corner of the end zone to uh, San Antonio Holmes. That yeah. was like a toe tapper. It broke my heart because I was cheering for the Cardinals. I wanted the sorry Cardinals to finally win a championship. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Farhan Lalji will join us too. He's the one reporting today. Gino Lewis is leaving Montreal and will join the third team we thought he could leave uh, for the outside team, the Edmonton Elks. We'll get to that in a minute in our pick six. Elsewhere in the world, the sports Rangers are home to Seattle. Columbus entertains the Toronto Make Me Laughs. Chicago Blackhawks home to Arizona and Anaheim entertains Pittsburgh. Uh, looking at... Uh, the NHL, we're, we're, we're starting to see things take shape. Vladimir Tarasenko playing his first game as a Ranger tonight. Uh, Patrick Kane on the Rangers adding Tarasenko. It's not like the happiest I've ever been about a trade because that's kind of one of the places he wanted to go. Uh, he's trade bait, as is his teammate Jonathan Tapes, as is uh, Timo Meyer at the top of the trade uh, bait board. Uh, be interesting to see what uh, the Canadian teams do. I think the Oilers are getting closer to cutting Pugliarvi because they got to add actually in two days off the uh, long-term injured list Kyler Yamamoto. Typical Oilers fashion. They play down to their competition and lose to Philadelphia yesterday 2-1 in a shootout. I just want the Habs to lose every single game so we can get Bedard. Yeah. Huh? Bedard Sounds plays good. tomorrow night against the Moose Jaw Warriors here at the Brandt Center. And so it's the like I checked, and yeah. there's like two tickets left for sale. <laughs> two blue dots. Two, left. that's it, man. Well, people are catching on. It's kind of like I said yesterday. We needed everybody else to basically tell us that, hey, that, hey, 
This guy's good. Now we think he's good, so we're going to watch him. Ticats have re-signed veteran defensive tackle Teddy Laurent. The Argonauts re-signing Canadian running back Andrew Harris. A little bit of a surprise for me. I thought maybe he'd retire, but he apparently was a driving force in bringing that locker room, divided locker room, back together for the Argos at the end of the season and, and gets him to a Grey Cup championship. Alouette's long snapper Pierre-Luc Caron retires from the CFL. Woody Barron, American defensive tackle, extending with the Lions through 2024. Hamilton agreeing to terms with Canadian defensive end Kwaku Botang, who was an Edmonton Elks player, had that Achilles injury. So they right now on the roster got two Canadian DNs. Kwaku Botang, Mason Bennett, Winnipeg kid, played at UND. Uh, Antoine Pruneau, who was an eight-year CFL veteran defensive back with Ottawa, has joined the Montreal Carabans coaching staff. So just some of the news and notes in the CFL. Um, Patrick Mahomes has been named the MVP of the uh, league. No surprise. uh, Brian Dable, the Canadian-born Brian Dable, uh, former offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, has been named the coach of the year. Here's an interesting thing. Now, Zinger and Ballsy a little later on after our betting expert Andy McNamara breaks down all the betting lines and props and everything. We will give you the straight goods on who to pick in the Super Bowl and spend all your money on because we are doing our first annual on the sports cage here, Super Blow. We'll get into that in a little bit. So, 520, you want to tune in. Yeah, five fifteen. You want to tune in after Annie McNamara's on? We are just going to, keep it tuned in. Yeah, well, I know, but I'm just saying in case people are in and out. You want to know where to put no your money in, in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Love it. Unless it's an In and Out Burger. Yeah. Uh, all right. So with that in mind, let's get to this zinger. For another pick six with Ballsy and friends, as they give their take on six sports topics of the day. Cody Fajardo, as we told you a couple of months ago, landing in Montreal when free agency begins, apparently. Trevor Harris is going to be in Saskatchewan, so basically it's a free agent trade. Harris is a stronger arm, I believe a tougher mental makeup for the position here in Saskatchewan, and gets rid of the ball faster than Cody does. He needs more protection than Cody because, well, Trevor Harris can't run. Obviously, it looks like Cody and Moss got along here. It looks like it was more of a Craig Dickinson, Jason Moss not being on the same page thing. Now, I don't know this to be true. It's pure speculation on my part. But if I had to put money on it, I'd say there was Team Moss and Cody on one side, Coach Dickinson on the other side at times. And Dickey maybe let them have too much control on the offense. I'll take you back to Labor Day. Run the damn ball, kick a field goal, put your defense out there to win the game. Nope. The offensive coordinator, and by extension his quarterback, throw the ball, it's picked off, season over. Now I hope Cody lands on his feet in Montreal, and make no mistake about it, Jason Moss is a very good coach. Number two in the pick six. I'd love to have Geno Lewis snagging passes from Harrison Ryder Nation, but with more holes to fill than just receiver, I'd rather the Riders spend their cash in the trenches on the O-line and the D-line. 
number three on the pick six. As I've said before, and it's worth repeating to fans, if you have a good personnel department, you should be able to find me good, affordable American receivers and linebackers. And it's why the Riders are probably going to part ways with linebacker Darnell Sankey. Yes, he's a tackling machine and a good community guy, but you can only pay a man so much. Plus, my sources tell me Sankey likes to freelance a lot, maybe more than he should, which doesn't always sit well with the coaches and the teammates. It's a knock I heard about him coming out of Calgary. Like I said earlier, you gotta praise Sankey for 120 tackles and the fact he tried to tackle hunger in our community. If he's back in Saskatchewan, that's outstanding. If he's not, I wish him well. Number four in the pick six. Back to Geno Lewis. Wow. What an arms race in the West. Winnipeg's receivers feature Dembski, Wolertarski, Grant, Lawler, O'Leary Orange, and that big guy, Carlton Agudasi. With Bailey and Ellingson, who played there last year, still twisting in the wind with free agency. In Edmonton, you've got Dunbar Jr., Swerve Moore, you got Mitchell, Arsenault, and now Geno. And in BC, you've got Whitehead, Rhymes, Hatcher, and Katoy. We could see some high-scoring football in the CFL's West. Number five in the pick six. I'd love to see the Riders snag a Darius Sirocco out of Ottawa. And a return of offensive tackle Phillip Blake I think would be nice. Maybe Sean Lemon or Ja'Gara Davis on the D-line. Football, when you get right down to it, comes down to this. Keep your guy upright. Make their quarterback rattle. And finally on the pick six, I'm very interested in how the league looks going forward with their operations cap. Kyle Walters is sitting as a GM on his last year in Winnipeg. That's a real head-scratcher. Or is it? It's looking more and more like Mike O'Shea is going to become the coach and GM of the Bombers in a trend that many teams are moving towards to save money. If you save money there, you can add another coach to your staff. It's partly why Mark Mueller isn't with the Riders, I believe. Dave Dickinson, I know, didn't want to lose Mueller, so that Dickie becomes the coach and GM of the Stamps, and John Huffnagel goes upstairs to be the president. His wage comes off the books on the football side. They can give Mueller a nice raise and more offensive responsibilities. And who's kidding who? Huff isn't gone. He's still going to do a lot of the GM stuff. If the Riders have a successful year and retain this leadership group, I would say they just look at moving J.O. upstairs full-time in his VP role of football operations and add something else. Blah, 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 blah. Craig Dickinson becomes the coach GM. O'Day pulls a Huff and still does a lot of the GM duties. If they're going to have this ludicrous cap on the football side, you got to find a way to massage it. And a lot of teams, like the Bombers and the Stamps, now the Elks with Chris Jones, they're headed that way. It's time to step into the Radio Octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. First points of the day from Hauschka.
All right, we're speaking with the only guy from Saskatchewan to win a Super Bowl, John Ryan, joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Do you ever go back to those uh, Super Bowls you were in just to, to remember everything? What what kind of memories stick out to you? Just maybe not even just the game, but just the whole uh, lead up to the games. Yeah, I definitely think about them often. Um, I think it's the you know the whole as you said the whole lead up to the game with the uh, the media days and uh, just just all that stuff that kind of came along with it was uh, really memorable. Obviously, our, our first game, Super Bowl 48, was uh, was very memorable with the, the win, and then the, uh, the 49 was uh, not so memorable with the terrible loss. But, yeah, when I think back in those days, I uh, you know not only think about the games, but everything went along with it. Ooh, it was in that stadium that they're playing in on Sunday that you lost that game. Man, uh, let's rewind that for a second. I don't want to bring up painful memories, but I guess I do because I'm asking you the question. Like, what's what's running through your head standing on the sidelines there, helpless like many of your teammates when that – like, give it to beast mode. <laughs> well, honestly, you get kind of still into game mode for me as a – you know, I'm a holder, you know, in that situation. Uh, so I'm just getting ready for the PAT. You know, I'm thinking well, we're going to score here. Uh, kick the PAT, go up by three, and in, in my head, I'm just, you know, getting ready for the PAT, and then probably I'm like, you know, then Tom Brady might come down, and, you know, they'll probably, you know, probably hit a field goal and go to overtime. So my head is just kind of thinking about the, you know, the next step, the next play. Then all of a sudden, it just, it just ended so abruptly that it was, uh, it was difficult for sure. Does that one stick with you longer than the win? Um, you know what? I don't think it did. You know, I think, um, I'm, I'm very thankful that we had that win, the uh, Super Bowl 48. I think if we hadn't had that win, uh, I think that uh, the next one would kind of really stick with me a lot, a lot longer. Uh, but you know what? I want to think back. I think a lot more about uh, the win than the loss. To be honest, John, what was it like in the locker room after you lost that game? Like, did Pete Carroll come in and apologize, or uh, Bevel, your offensive coordinator? What happened there? Uh, it was a little bit of chaos, to be honest. It was you know, guys were just kind of all dealing it with dealing with it in their own way. There's, you know, guys crying, there's guys screaming, there's guys throwing stuff, there's guys praying, you know, it, it really ran the gamut. It was one of the weirdest uh, situations I've ever experienced. You know, for me, I just uh, got in there, went and showered and went straight to the bus. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I uh, went back and hung out with my wife after the game and she, uh, she knew that I didn't really want to uh, talk too much. I just wanted to, you know, uh, drown my sorrows in a couple of Coors Lights. That was probably the most painful game in your life, right? Uh, it had to have been, yeah. It, it, it was awful, you know. To, to lose a game like that is is difficult and it's it's painful. But to lose a Super Bowl like that, it's a. I, I would say it wasn't only one of the most painful losses in my life. It's one of the most painful losses in sports history, in my opinion. To be to be that close to winning the Super Bowl and losing it is uh, terrible. You know, as your friend, uh, it's a little bit less, but it's right on the scale of the Riders' thirteenth man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I wasn't I wasn't with the team then. I remember watching that, and that was uh, about as painful a loss as I've, <laughs> as I've ever seen. Uh, you know, my heart kind of went out to to the team and to the, the entire province after that one. So it was uh, it was right on par with that, I'd say. All right. So, John, what's the week like? Like, okay, so you got Philadelphia. Large majority of those guys haven't played in this kind of game, and you've got uh, the Kansas City Chiefs going back three times in the last four years. From an experience standpoint, is too much of made of that? Like, you take yourself to the first Super Bowl. Were you were you more prepared for the week the second time around? Did it make that much of a difference? No, I would definitely say I was more prepared. I think we all were. I think one of the biggest challenges is, uh, believe it or not, is getting your family set up. You know, you have uh, every player you know has the opportunity to buy 15 tickets, and they're flying family members from all over the country. They're trying to book hotels. Hmm. They're trying to make sure they're all taken care of. And that was kind of that, that bye week was kind of the 
that was the biggest pain that we just trying to get all everyone's family set up uh, to go to the game uh, and kind of have that experience for the second year. Uh, I handled that part a lot better. Um, and just, you know, nothing, nothing feels right. Nothing feels normal uh, compared to normal week uh, leading up to that, that second week. You know, you're in a different facility. You're sleeping in the hotel every night. Uh, you have a ton of media. Um, every time you go to practice, you have literally you have a police escort. They shut down the freeway. There's helicopter escort over top of you. It's uh, just a surreal, surreal situation. And uh, nothing felt normal, honestly, until I stepped on the field before the game. Then I was like, oh, this is, this is familiar to me. I know what to do here. So it's a very unique week. And it's kind of wacky in that city, too, because the Waste Management Golf Tournament's on, too. Yeah, which is, which is an absolutely massive deal. Um, so they're kind of going on at the same time, which is uh, pretty unique, and it's going to be quite the party in that city this week. Okay, so let's uh, break down this game now. Uh, how do you see it shaking down? Like, I, I've put 50 on Philadelphia. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are the better team across the board, but I, I'm kind of hesitant only in the fact that Andy Reid's been here before, uh, and Andy Reid is a very smart coach. I think he's underrated as a head coach. And, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback, even though he's hurt. Yeah, you know, um, I, I kind of like KC. I think the experience is really going to help them. Uh, you know, most times when the Super Bowl the game starts off pretty slow, teams kind of, you know, going back and forth, not really doing all that much. But I think KC is going to come out pretty hot and kind of use that experience to jump out early. And then, uh, then I think it'll be a really close game after that. Yeah, so... Uh, but I do think it's... It, at the end, I think Casey pulls it out, in my opinion. There's a couple of things uh, also I wanted to bring up. Nerves. Are there any more nerves for guys before a game like this? Like you, you talked about the build-up for the week. Is it just another game or no? Uh, Pete Carroll used to always say, you know, just another game. Every play, every game, like just another game. And that's how we did it all the time. But when you get to that Super Bowl, it's, just, it's not another game. I mean, it, it's something else. It's, you're on another you're on an international world stage that uh, is not quite like any other game you'll play. So the nerves are definitely there. Uh, you know, as I said, it's, it's a lot different of a game just with everything going on around it. So uh, you like to say it's just another game, but the nerves are definitely there. Come on, man. You're a Regina kid. Okay, north of Dudney, but you went to Sheldon. You, it played for the Rams. You're standing on the sidelines. More more in the first Super Bowl than the second Super Bowl. You were busy more, you know, more into that game, I guess, from a playing standpoint. But... Are you looking around, maybe even at the opening kickoff with 60,000, 70,000 flashbulbs going off, going, I'm in the friggin' Super Bowl? Yeah, that, that, that moment definitely hit me a few times. You know, it's one of those things where uh, I'm here. I never thought I'd be here. I uh, still have to pinch myself, but so grateful to, to be here. Uh, that, that definitely went through my mind many times that day and during the game. It was uh, one of those things you had to try to push out of your mind and focus on the, on the football game. But at the same time, it was definitely there. All right, lastly, this is something I talked about with Tyrone Poole, the two-time champ, earlier uh, in the week. But I'm going to ask you this. The, the different animal, as opposed to any other game you ever played, is the halftime show because it's longer. How did you guys deal with the longer halftime show? Well, I think this just kind of speaks to Pete, Pete Carroll's genius. Is, uh, the halftime, normally, the halftime NFL is 12 minutes. It's very quick. You go in, you go to the bathroom, you got a protein bar, you talk to your coach, you head right back on the field. Super Bowl is like 30, 35 minutes. So leading up to that game, leading up uh, two weeks before, Pete started started to practice halftime. So halfway through practice, <laughs> we'd all go inside, we'd sit down, coach would come around with oranges, we'd go to do the whole entire thing. Halfway through the halftime, we start stretching as a team, we'd do everything, and then we'd on the field and we'd be flying. Um, I don't think anyone else ever practiced that before. And we would practice it regularly leading up to that game, and then that the uh, opening kickoff of the, the game returned it for the for a touchdown in the second half. 
So, you know, we, we came out flying and I think it was a little bit flat. So I think that just speaks to Pete and uh, what what he does and the things that he practices that no one else does. Lastly, like, where do you watch the game on Sunday? I'm actually watching in Whistler, BC. Oh, uh, you know, I'm, I haven't been a, a Seahawk for a while, but they still pay me to go and do things like this. So uh, I'll gladly uh, take a, a free trip to Whistler, BC to watch with some Seahawks fans. Okay, so you'll be probably wearing your Super Bowl ring. Where I was going with this is if you were just sitting at home with uh, Sarah on the couch having a couple of cocktails, would you slip on your Super Bowl ring on Super Bowl Sunday? Because I sure as hell would. I do. Absolutely, I do. I don't wear it very often, only a couple times a year. Uh, kind of getting uh, less and less as time goes on. But uh, Super Bowl Sunday, no matter what, I wear it from sun up to sundown. You know, it's 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 not going to go far from me. It's uh, just a nice thing to have, and kind of a it's a rethink about those events from uh, nine years ago. That's awesome, man. Uh, by the way, do you have a will? And if you have a will, do you have that nicely spoken for when you pass away, which could be thirty, forty years from now? Uh, we do have a will, and I have it uh, have it in there that uh, both my rings, my NFC Championship, my Super Bowl ring, will go to uh, the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame. Really? Absolutely. I, I never knew that. That is an outstanding story and a good way to end this interview. John, thanks for your time. Enjoy Whistler, BC, uh, and uh, all that comes with that. And, uh, man, I'm, did, I'm glad you did get your Super Bowl ring. Enjoy the game. All right. Thanks, buddy. Sports ticker for Bronco Plumbing and Heating, where professional service is guaranteed. They'll treat you right. Just give them a call at 781-2090. The Saskatchewan Roughriders have signed national wide receiver Regina's own Mitchell Pickton to a two-year contract extension. Great news there. The Toronto Argonauts have re-signed star Canadian running back Andrew Harris. Per sources, we'll find out for sure, of course, on Tuesday. Raptors' Pascal Siakam has been named as an injury replacement for the 2023 NBA all-star game which will take place one week from Sunday. Oglethorpe. Ogie Oglethorpe. Yeah. Oglethorpe? Oglethorpe. You know, for the sake of the game, they ought to throw this guy in San Quentin. He is a criminal element. The worst goon in hockey today. Oh, yeah. Real cement. What are you guys doing? Putting on the foil. Every game. Yeah, you want some? Yo. Now time for the Monday Nooner Senior Hockey Report here on the old sports cage senior hockey season belts. I feel like this weekend, this time of the year, it's as good as it gets. We've got provincial matchups happening across the province. Every league of all 12 leagues is into league playoffs. This is like it's the time of the year where some teams are playing four or five games a week. Everything is uh, everything's going on. It's a good time to be a senior hockey fan. This is the pro hockey of in Saskatchewan, and and by saying that, it's really I'm not even fooling around. It is some unbelievable hockey. Some of the stuff is East Coast caliber, maybe even some low end AHL caliber hockey. Get out, watch it, see it. It's really good. Yeah, belts, and of course our Monday Nooner podcast. We record every week a senior hockey show dedicated to all these senior hockey players and fans in the province. Every week we've got a top 10. Why don't you run it down for the fine Sports Cage listeners who we've got pegged as the top 10 teams in Saski this week. This week, we start at number 10. We're going to skip the honorable mentions. We'll write to number 10, Davidson. Number 9 is Wadena. Number 8 is Theodore. 7, we call them Lash Vegas out there in Lashburn. Number 6, Redverse. 5 is Belcaris, the Bronx. Like we call them the Leafs because they always... Fool us. Number four, Kyle. Three is Winyard. Two, Kindersley. And number one, 
Dublin's out in Keniston. They've been there a lot this year. They've got a heck of a hockey team. You know, it's provincial time. Keniston just beat their Highway 11 rivals in Davidson in two straight games. Davidson was the higher team in our top 10 before last week. It was kind of a surprise that Keniston, to some, got to sweep. That was maybe the series of the year in round one. If you haven't been to a senior game, I'm going to give you some games you can check out kind of in southern Saskatchewan, maybe sprinkling a few in the north with provincial action. Uh, This Friday night, tonight, Winyard hosts Lumsden game one. One of that Provincial A series went to double overtime in Lumsden last weekend. 5-4 Winyard wins it. They can close out that quarterfinal matchup tonight. Closer to the city of Regina, Saturday night, Belcaris hosts Milestone in a round one matchup. That's uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock in Belcaris. Game one was 3-2 for the Bronx, the Leafs. And kudos to Hafford, Edam, and Leroy. Both of those teams win their round one matchups. They're set to face off in round two. Belts in Provincial B, the Wadena Wildcats going to Rokenville on Saturday night. That's going to be an excellent series. The Wilkie Outlaws host the Willow Creek Chiefs. Carlisle Oxbow down in the uh, southeast. Friday, Saturday, they play two Provincial games. And the other game, this is a Highway 1 rivalry, Mooseman. Grenfell, Saturday night. Grenfell, so if you're in Regina, take the drive. You will not regret watching this hockey. Absolutely not, Boz. Like we said before, get out, support these small towns. This hockey is unbelievable. Don't want to miss it. Yeah, there's more games. There's more matchups like we've talked about on our show. There's 12 leagues. So no matter where you're listening from here on 620 CKRM, there's a league around you. There's a game around you. It costs 5 10 bucks to get in. You're going to be entertained, and it keeps these communities afloat and alive and gives the people something to look forward to. So we're back every week on our show with our top 10. We talk a lot of different senior hockey topics. We interview some former NHLers as well. So we hope you can join us on the Nooner. Back over to the fellas in the sports cage. Ballsy, can't wait to see you at a senior game. Our house is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. Well, last weekend, fellas, I had to check my phone. It indeed works, but you guys didn't call me to get on that party bus and go to Davidson. I thought I was going with you guys. So, yeah, I'd love to check out a game, but I'd like a tour guide, boss. Barry. Belter. That's true. I was in the same yeah, room. You were in the same room. You they heard it. They lied to you. They lied to me. How does it feel? You got lied to by them and by Bo Levi Mitchell. S- sad, man. I, do, do I? It, it feels like I uh, attract liars. I'll tell you who else I attract. I attract some legendary radio announcers. We had Wayne Larrabee on the show from the Green Bay Packers Radio Network. We had Merrill Reese before the NFC Championship game, the longest tenured radio play-by-play guy in the National Football League with the Philadelphia Eagles there in the Super Bowl. And that team's taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. And earlier this week, we caught up with the legendary voice of the Chiefs. His name is Mitch Holthus. Don't know who he is? You will. 36-36 tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown! Kansas City! One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push fade comeback. And the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime. 
All right, time to head out in the Western Pizza Hotline. This is like our behind-the-mic show today. We had Wayne Larravee on earlier from the Packers Radio Network, and now we got Mitch Holfus from the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Uh, Wayne had some great things to say about you. He listed you as one of the best in the business, so uh, tip of the cap to you, Mitch. Well, and a tip of the cap back to Wayne. Uh, I would echo... Uh, the thoughts and boomerang it back his way you know he warmed the chair for me Mm -hmm. he was the voice of the Chiefs prior to Kevin Harlan and then I took Kevin's place but yeah for sure but I also want to give a shout out I want to dedicate this segment to the Saskatchewan Rough Riders who became Kansas City Chiefs I mean let's start with the Weston Dressler uh wide receiver Jerry Cornelison, who was one of the original men of the franchise back when they were the Dallas Texans was a Rough Rider and then um also, uh, gosh, uh, Robert Holmes, who played on the mm-hmm. Super Bowl four championship team, uh, was a rough rider before being a chief. So give it up for our Saskatchewan rough riders. What a showman. You pronounce Saskatchewan right and you tied it in. <laughs> what a true, what a true professional. I know you're busy with your own things, obviously, here at Super Bowl week. Do you watch the CFL at all? And what do you think of the CFL, our three down game? Because, you know, a lot of people are talking about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and all these guys. Well, we've been throwing the ball around the yard with guys like Warren Moon, Jeff Garcia, those type of players for years up here. Yep. And Warren Moon was a chief for a brief time. Yes, he was. Uh, at the end of his career. But uh, I love the CFL. I think the role of the CFL is more prominent just because of the advancement of the National Football League. Uh, the fact that you see these other leagues, I mean, we know that they're, they're out there. But with the uh, Canadian Football League, uh, the development of players finding anywhere that the NFL can find players uh, becomes a... Uh, you know, an asset. And I think that's the case with the CFL. I'm not just saying that to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, our senior team reporter, Matt McMullen's right here. And we were just talking about uh, these guys that played for the Chiefs and the Rough Riders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, Calgary, we can just go right down the line. I think it's a, uh, I think it's awesome. It's awesome, man. Mitch Holfus joining us here. How did you come up with that signature call that I opened this segment with, your touchdown call? How did you come up with it? You know, very organic. But think about it. Um, three hard syllables there, Kansas City, and it's almost like a percussionist uh, that's banging a cymbal. It's there, and it's, it's you don't have to fabricate it because it's um, there is a hard consonant. But it, it, it organically happened. It started back in the uh, kind of the early 2000s in the Dante Hall time, and it stuck. But what's kind of fun is I'll, I'll see little kids playing, right? They're playing a pickup game, or they don't see me or know who I am or whatever, but then they'll play and then they'll do a touchdown Kansas city as little kids. And I thought, you know what? My work is done here. Mm-hmm. I can, I can move on. Uh, so it's awesome, uh, man. Anyway, it's, uh, I, yeah, it's great. I love it when a radio guy can bring the game to life. Who's your, who's your favorite, yes, who's your favorite all time chief? Can you answer that? Ooh, man, I've got so many. Uh, I really can't not to single them out. One of these days, I'll write a book. Nobody will read it, but I'll write it just to be cathartic. And I'll have my all-time Chiefs team. Uh, but to say there's one single great Chief would be, I think, somewhat presumptuous. Mm. Although Mahomes and Kelsey right now might be tied at the top of what they've meant to this franchise, really what they've meant to the National Football League historically. Honestly, Michael, I think they're underrated. What they have done mm-hmm. in this five-year span has not 
it, they're just they're crushing NFL records right and left. And if they win this Super Bowl and get a second Super Bowl title together, the narrative I think will you're just going to put it in big font and italicize it because they're going people are going to realize, oh my gosh, what have they done for five years? Unprecedented in NFL history in many cases. You uh, you raise a very good word there. It's prominent in our world in different facets. Narratives, okay? You can't take away from the greatness yep. of Mahomes and Kelsey. They're the best of their position. But if the Chiefs don't win on Sunday, what does that narrative look like in terms of getting to the championship, all those AFC championship games, getting to the Super Bowl, and and not winning maybe as much as they should? And I know perception's everything. In well, fact, we just, yeah, I know perception's everything. Yeah, Facts are negotiable, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and this team has been undersold, though, this year and really for the last several years. Uh, you know, people thought that the this team would be covered in volcanic ash by Halloween after mm-hmm. the Tyreek Hill trade, and the narrative has been, oh, they're just going to falter. Well, they won the AFC West for seven straight years. That's second in NFL history in division dominance. So you ask the question, what happens if they lose this game? I just think they keep pedaling the bike. And Andy Reid is um, underrated as a head coach. If he's not on the Mount Rushmore of NFL head coaches, he's on the next mountain over. No, that's because a good point. What he has done, second all time in, in playoff wins in NFL history. Only a coach to have double digit playoff wins with two franchises. Uh, fifth all time in wins in NFL history. I mean, that's Andy Reid. So he's in the Chula Belichick discussion. Um, but the same thing with Kelsey and, and uh, Mahomes. Mahomes is the winningest quarterback in his first five years as a starter in NFL history. And he's every metric you grade a quarterback in, he's number one in NFL history in his first five years. But you don't hear that discussion a lot uh, just because, for whatever reason, uh, this group is. <laughs> somewhat been under the radar, which is ludicrous as that may seem. Yeah, that's a very good point. That is kind of crazy when you put it that way. So, uh, what do you appreciate most about Andy Reid? Like, you talk about the stats. Maybe from a professional standpoint or a personal standpoint as the voice of the team. Well, I'll give you an answer both professional and personal, but sometimes the biggest asset of Andy Reid is he gets the human spirit. Andy's a fascinating guy. He went to a very... uh, diverse high school in Los Angeles growing up at John Marshall High School. Mm-hmm. And then he was going to go to USC. Of course, he was a great athlete, but he tore his knee up. He had to go to Glendale Juco. And then he goes to BYU. But then he coaches at San Francisco State where they have zero recruiting budget. I mean, they're selling cookie dough on the street just so they can have a recruiting budget. Um, and he's Northern Arizona, UTEP. I mean, he wasn't at you know prominent schools until he got to be with the Packers. And he was on Mike Holmgren's staff in the nineties, but he had never been a head coach until he got the Philadelphia Eagles job. And so, uh, truthfully, he's, a uh, he's just, he's amazing. All those experiences helped him. He gets the human spirit. He is able to relate to players and then he's a brilliant dude. I mean, he, he's really revolutionized the game more than people think in the passing game in specific in the way he uses geometry uh, he'll write a book someday or give seminars. He won't give it out yet. But there's some secret sauce to Andy on the field in the way he designs plays and concepts, but also uh, in his, his, the way he uh, handles basically being a CEO. He's a terrific motivator. He can relate to everybody that's in the organization, and he wants to. He's a listener. Uh, he'll absorb it, and then he acts. And, and, again, that's not given enough credit. And then don't overlook Andy's toughness. Everybody thinks, oh, he's an 
you know, he's Uncle Andy. He's bringing, you know, fried chicken to the, the uh, <laughs> family gathering. No, he's coming after you. It's just what I said on NFL Network back in the spring. And he's coming after you. And he's coming after you with the best quarterback in the league. And here we are. Mm-hmm. We're back in the game where people thought we'd be out of it by Halloween. Sounds like I got two books to read, Mitch Holfus and also Andy Reid. I can't wait till those <laughs> books come out. Hey, so you've That's we've fair. talked we've talked about Andy Reid. It could be the Andy Reid Bowl, it could be the Kelsey Bowl. You talked about Mahomes. Yep. For Mitch Holfus, the long Long-time announcer for the Kansas City Chiefs. What is the biggest storyline for you here for this Super Bowl? That the 10 years of winning, unprecedented winning for the Kansas City Chiefs, and again, NFL historic proportions with division dominance and winning 12 games for five straight years, uh, is either and to host five straight AFC championship games, which has never been done by an NFC or AFC team. The pillars and the the concrete and the red iron of that 10 years was built in the 14 years of Andy in Philadelphia. Mm. Meaning when he got the job with Kansas city, he brought the infrastructure of the success in Philadelphia with him to Kansas city, our athletic trainer, uh, Brett beach, the general manager, the president, Mark Donovan. Um, there's so much that our pillars of what is a chief's kingdom success. Now that was really begat in the potting soil of Philadelphia in the 14 years there. That's a great way to put it. Okay, lastly, Mitch Holfus, and thanks for taking time out of your Super Bowl week. I know it's busy, and I really appreciate it here. Uh, If the Chiefs are to win the Super Bowl here in Arizona, in your opinion, what needs to happen? Well, I might give you a hockey reference. Okay. Uh, And that is to be be physical. This is going to be, you got to pin these guys against the boards because they're going to try to pin you against the boards. I mean, just I mean, just think of uh, uh, this is a very physical uh, Philadelphia team, but the Chiefs are also physical. They're just not thought to be that way, but they're more physical than you think. But if this is a boxing match analogy or a hockey game, the, you have got to be physical. You have got to take the fight to the Eagles because they're coming after you. And it's exactly what the Chiefs did against the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are the same way. No weakness on their team. They want to knock you out early. Hey, this is if you're playing hockey and you're the Chiefs, man, this is a hard checking game from the very beginning. Slam them against the boards and take the fight to them. I think that's the that's the uh, precursor of trying to win Super Bowl Fifty Seven. It, it kind of pains me to say this only because I'm a Chargers fan. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this, but it doesn't pain me to say it this way: the Mount Rushmore of radio announcers right now in the NFL, and I've had all three on in the last two weeks. It's Merrill Reese. It's Wayne Larravee, and it's this guy, Mitch Holfus, and then I'm trying to figure out the fourth one, but you're on the mountain for me, man. Thanks for taking time out of your schedule. I appreciate it. In a lift of the chalice of the Chiefs' kingdom, of the sweet nectar that is in the chalice, raising it to our Saskatchewan Rough Riders who became Kansas City Chiefs. We remember them today. <laughs> I love it. Take care, my friend. All right. See you guys. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Sports Cage. Now back to the action on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. This show's brought to you by Nelson Home, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Thanks to that great gang for getting on board with us once again on the Sports Cage. All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime, a great time to order Western Pizza. Julio Caravata, former quarterback in the CFL, color commentator on the Lions Radio Network. You've come into town both as a player 
And as a an announcer, uh, have you ever been to Western Pizza? If not, you should. <laughs> I'm still waiting for you to take me there. Okay, I will. Next time you're in, you're yeah, on. I know, I, I know you. I know you well. We you, we uh, we'll go because uh, every time I come on, I hear you talk about it, and it sounds great. Oh, we got so, great pizza. Uh, we got great I'm, pizza. I'm here. All in. We got great pizza here. Okay, Julio, the uh, comings and goings in the CFL. It's, it's great for the players, although it renders next week kind of useless. Most of the news is already out. Anything surprise you so far in the last week? Um. Well, you know, I mean, like you say, I mean, there's obviously been lots of news, and I, you know, was I, uh, I heard someone say this morning that uh, nothing's finalized until next week, so stay tuned. I thought that was kind of interesting, but um, yeah, obviously, there's lots of movement around, and, and obviously, Saskatchewan's, uh, uh, you know, with the news of Trevor Harris, that's it's obviously the big news. Uh, I don't think anybody's really shocked at that uh, um, when both decided to go to Hamilton that uh, they were going to be in the market for a quarterback and. Um, if Trevor is the guy, then uh, obviously they're uh, they're getting a guy who's a veteran, veteran presence who's been around the league, has had a lot of success in this league, and um, is going to be, I think, a huge upgrade for you guys. The Riders need an offensive line. I'll get into the quarterbacking in a second. I'm looking at the arms race, mm. though, in the receiving core. The BC Lions have a real good receiving core, even though they miss Brian Burnham. Uh, Bailey's still out there in Ellingson for uh, Winnipeg, but, I mean, they've got a really good receiving core with Lawler going back there, Dembski and such, Wolter Tarski, uh, nice li- shown, nice list of receivers. And then uh, and then the Edmonton Elks, if it's to be believed, they've got Kyron Moore, uh, they got uh, Stephen Dunbar Jr. Now Geno Lewis. Wow, what a receiving yeah, core there for yeah. T- Taylor Cornelius. That, Who, that, yeah. that, that's crazy. Yeah, so, that, that, so I look at yeah, Saskatchewan. That, 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 I look at Saskatchewan. I look at Saskatchewan and I look at Calgary. I'm like, man, maybe they're slipping in the arms race a bit. Well, you know, I mean, uh, here's the thing, right? Like uh, all those things about you mean with with Edmonton. You know, you talk about their receiving core and um, you know getting uh, Geno Lewis is obviously, and then. Dunbar, I think, is kind of a fly under the radar kind of guy too. He, I think he's he's a very good receiver. But you, you got to remember too, you you, you got to have the quarterback, right? And Cornelius Taylor's going to have to, uh, or Taylor, excuse me, Taylor Cornelius is going to have to be that that guy, right? Like he's going to have to take the next step. Uh, um, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on that team to to be successful. So, um, as always, the quarterbacks are always going to be front and center. It doesn't matter what you have around you. If you don't have a quarterback in this league, you're not going to survive. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah, is three hundred thousand plus too much to pay for a receiver? Do you think, or that's yeah. the going rate now? You yeah. think it's too much? Well, you I mean I don't know. I don't know what it is with Edmonton and going out. <laughs> yeah, and, you know they did it with Lawler, and now they're doing it with Lewis. Like I mean, that's 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 a lot of money to be spending on a on an Amer. And, and don't 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 get me wrong. Like he's a great player. Um, I just think in this day and age, right? Like he, he, I, you know, with with the rosters being the way they are and the way the salary cap is, that's a lot of money to commit to a receiver. Um, and you need him to be an absolute, you know, difference maker. And he has that capability. But again, we talk, we go right back to the quarterback, right? Is he able to take that next step? I think that was what one of the things that, you know, Lawler had a good year last year there, but I think he, you know, given what he would have been able to do with a really good quarterback and experienced quarterback, I think, um, you know, who knows what those numbers could have been. Yeah, for sure. This is Julio Caravada joining me here on the uh, Rough Rider Radio Network and more specifically the Sports Cage here uh, for uh, Nelson Holmes on this Friday. Julio, uh, are the Riders better with Trevor Harris as opposed to Cody Fajardo at quarterback? Well, I think the consistency, obviously, that Trevor's shown is, you know, 
And I hate saying that because Cody, I, I think, you know, it's unfortunate because I don't, I don't know whether or not he had the, as you said, the offensive line in front of him, um, you know, really to kind of, you know, be successful. You know, he was running around for his life half the time. So, um, but I, you know, Trevor's, Trevor's a proven, proven commodity, right? He, he's a guy that's, he's won. He's, he's been able to get to the big game. And, um, I just think that there's a level of consistency that comes with his game that, that, you know, Saskatchewan is really gonna, is gonna be happy with. And then again, um, now you talk about the getting, making that step. And the next step is, is, is solidifying the offensive line, right? That's, Mm-hmm. I'm sure still in the works. I, I haven't heard today. Have they done anything up front or not yet? No. Um, ter- are, they ter- ter- are they still searching? Yeah. yeah there's still a couple st- of names. I've heard, I've heard Fig's name. I've heard, uh, God, Peter Godber's name. Um, Sirocco. So, uh, is out there. Darius Sirocco is still out there. So that's a good one. An intriguing one. Yeah. Yeah. So there's still, there's some still pretty big, big names out there that, you know, could, could make a real a difference on that offensive line. So, and I'm sure that's what they're going to do. I mean, everybody knew that they needed to upgrade up there, and that, and that's probably something that's going to be uh, the next step for them. Yeah, uh, you know, being the voice of the team, I, I like Geno Lewis. I've had conversations with him. He's been on my show. I think he's a great athlete, a tremendous receiver. But I'd rather see the Riders get two offensive linemen than a $300,000 yeah. receiver. I'm, 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 I, I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, that's not a, and that's not a disparaging Mm-mm. reflection on him. It's just... I know the way the league is, and you know, I mean, hey, if a guy is going to get three hundred grand, all the power to him. Good for him. How do you but feel? If I'm constructing, if I'm constructing a team, that I, I don't know whether or not I would allocate that kind of money in that position. If I'm, if I'm, you know, uh, if I'm trying to, you know, rebuild my offensive line, I'm with you. I'd rather pay. I'd rather pay a couple of guys to solidify the the up front before that. I've never asked anybody this yet. Are the Tiger Cats doing Dane Evans dirty? They already know they've got Bo Levi Mitchell. They already uh, re-signed Schiltz. And this guy's still on their payroll. You know he's not going to be on the team. Why not release him and, and let him work out a deal? Like, that yeah. seems like they're yeah. doing him dirty. <laughs> I, I, You know what? Yeah, you're right. You do leave him kind of out to hang and, and dry a little bit there. And, and that maybe they're behind the scenes they're trying to, you know, see if they can get more for him from somebody. Um but you're right. I mean, uh, uh, when they went out and did what they did with Bo Levi, and then when they signed Schiltz, uh, you, you'd have to think, hey, listen, he's not a he's not a young guy. He's been in the league. He's, he's, he's you know he's done enough that I think you you owe him the you know the ability to go out and, and work out a deal for himself, and uh, rather than kind of letting him hang there for for a while. So uh, I'm with you on that. All right. Uh, lastly, what do you think of what your lines have done so far? Well, they, they it's uh they've got uh, Couture right, and they traded mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Williams. Uh, I know Jordan Williams wasn't happy, uh, and they, you know, I mean, Ben Halatic really kind of stepped up last year in the middle there, and I think they that you know they get a, they get another first round pick or get back into the first round because they had to trade their first round pick for Vernon Adams. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, the Lions are 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 now going I guess going to be looking for a running back. I think James Butler is going to sign in in uh, Hamilton, so. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, but I think they were really, you know, I think they really wanted to, to get a lot of the guys that they had re-signed. Um, but again, they've got some question marks. They, they, you know, I don't know if uh, Joel Figueroa is going to be back. Uh, I know that's still pending. Suk Chung yeah, coming back is a big one. Um, getting Couture is another one. You know, you get a local kid back uh, who they really pursued last year and they weren't able to get him. So getting him this year is going to be good. And I think they really maybe just have to fill one offensive lineman spot, so it'll be interesting to see who they go out and get. 
Julio, thanks for uh, your time. Enjoy the Super Bowl. I know you're going to be watching it at home. Hey, by the way, who do you got in the game, Kansas City or Philadelphia? I think Philadelphia is the better roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I love, um, I love uh, Reed. I'm the head coach. I mean, he, he to me, he's a guy that can uh, he can game plan and and he can you know he can kind of maneuver his way around uh, that defense. And you know, they've got injuries. Their quarterback's not 100. percent No way but they're going to find a way to make it competitive. I, I think the Eagles are going to win, but I think that it's going to be a really good game. 620 CKRM is proud to be the official radio partner of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and your home for the hottest sports talk anywhere. This is the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. Welcome back to the show. We're into the second hour, and the show is brought to you by our friends at... Nelson Homes, supplying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Just want to give a nice little shout-out here to Darren Bitts and the Nelson Home Dealers across Saskatchewan. Our text line powered by Capital Ford Lincoln. We'll address some of your texts at uh, 420-936-6262, the number one Ford dealership in the province, located at the corner of Rochdale and Pasqua. And... All our guests come to you via the Western Pizza Hotline. Dinner time, game time, anytime. A great time to order Western Pizza. Hey, 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 let's get to this guy again. Back to back days. How lucky are we? Time now for Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. Our weekly chat with a guy who has covered it all. From Hockey Night in Canada, the Olympics, World Series Baseball, and everything in between. This is Coast to Coast with Arash Madani. I am absolutely pumped. Zinger, just before we get this guy on, let's do this. Yeah. The high porn. I picture a Rash Madani walking down the aisle like a wrestler with his beaded. What would you call a cape or robe coming down, ready to do coast to coast Super Bowl week? Hi, Arash. It's coast to coast and desert. Yeah, don't forget the desert part. We're in Arizona. Yeah, don't week. forget the. De- yeah, you're stuck. You got stuck in the middle between the coast and the coast. There you go. Hey, so we've got the as part of Super Bowl week, we do have the uh, Pro Football Enshrinement announcements. Okay, and mm-hmm. it's an it's a decent class. Listen, they're all they're all better football players than I could ever dream of or coaches. There is a Canadian tie though, and I love it. My favorite team, and I love them because they threw the ball around like CFL teams. It was the first NFL game I ever saw. Chargers, Dolphins, the 81 season going into the 82 playoffs. That's that big uh, uh, humid game in Miami where the Chargers would go on to beat the Dolphins and Don Shula with Air Coriel. Don Coriel gets in, a former coach of St. Louis and the Chargers. Air Coriel with Fouts, but he got his first head coaching job with the UBC Thunderbirds in 1953. I had no idea about that. That's I amazing. I didn't either. And he, they had two winless seasons in Vancouver. He was a DB at Washington University, and he goes up the coast into Canada and is the head coach of the UBC Thunderbirds. That's cool. I have to think that uh, that's the first time a winless coach in Canada ends up in Canton in the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame. That is awesome. I tell you what, this, uh, also going in um, yeah. this class... 
Rondé Barber, Darrell Rivas, a couple of corners. Mm -hmm. I had the chance to speak with Larry Fitzgerald this morning. I did a sit-down interview with him. I saw that. I asked asked Fitzgerald, Ballsy, I said, "Who's who's the best corner? Who's the toughest corner? Who is the defensive back going into a game week where you're like, I know this is going to be a long day? And without skipping a beat, he said, Rivas. And that kind of surprised me. I said, well, what about the Legion of Boom? Like, you guys went up against all those Seattle defenses twice a year being in the NFC West. And he just kind of looked at me and smiled. He said, I don't know, for dinner with Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas last night. Uh, no, they didn't even come close. The respect that dudes have for Darrell Revis and Revis Island and what that was is uh, is on another level. Well, uh, I saw the the clips of you, uh, you know, still shots of you doing that interview with Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, this is probably a cool week for you, uh, as it would be when you talk to CFL guys, but to rub shoulders with some of these guys, the, some of the greats. I'll tell you what, Larry Fitzgerald was part of what I said earlier on the show, the best Super Bowl of all time, in my opinion. That Cardinals... Steelers game where Fitzgerald is looking at himself as he's running down the middle of the field at the big screen to see who's getting close to him as he runs in for what looked like a game-winning touchdown for the Cardinals. You think the lowly Cardinals and the great Kurt Warner, Fitzgerald, they're going to do it? And then Ben Roethlisberger throws one of the nicest pinpoint passes in Super Bowl history. And San Antonio Holmes climbed the ladder and went and caught it. Oh, beauty. Uh, you know, the toe tap. I asked Fitz about that today, and Balzi Larry said, I thought it was over. He said, I thought the game was over when I scored that touchdown. And he's, he's somebody who, you know, stays locked in and all those things and knows it's not over till it's over. But in that moment, where, and that was the prime of Larry Fitzgerald, right? Like, we're talking 12-ish years ago, shoot out of a cannon speed, right down the teeth of the defense. That was also the Super Bowl, don't forget that James Harrison had the mm-hmm. pick six right before halftime. Arizona's on the doorstep of the end zone. Warner gets picked off. Harrison comes down the sideline, a 14-point swing right before the half, and Fitzgerald had, probably was going to be able to track him down, except guys on his own sideline got in the way and then forced Fitzgerald to slow down and move over, and by then... Uh, Harrison was in the end zone. Yeah, and then uh, Glendale, Arizona was the site of maybe one of the dumbest endings in Super Bowl history that really part of changing Tom Brady's narrative. I think Tom I think Tom Brady is, a, is the GOAT in general, but I think Joe yep. Montana is the top quarterback in Super Bowl history. Brady got gifted a couple, including the boneheaded one that took a second straight Super Bowl away from our own buddy John Ryan when the Seahawks just have to give it, just run the damn football. Well, here's what's amazing about that. There's so many different layers to it. But we talk about kind of, you know, franchises and eras and potential dynasties. It's almost like the rise and fall of an empire. When you think about it, because Seattle decided to throw that ball on a slant, oh, my God, um, and they get picked off by Malcolm Butler, that effectively ended the Seahawks as we knew them. Mm-hmm. It finished the relationship between Pete Carroll and Marshawn Lynch. Not long after, one by one, those defensive guys, Chancellor, Thomas, Browner, Sherman, all kind of went away. Now Bobby Wagner is playing for the Rams. How different is the narrative, not just around Tom Brady, but how different is the narrative around Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll and the Seahawks? If you win two 
if you win back-to-back, how different are we talking about that Seahawks run and that Seahawks group in, you know, the greats in NFL history. Well, you use a good word, narrative. I brought this up earlier in the week, and we just had our first of two that we're going to do today, Sports Cage Rewinds, where we go back and replay some of the great bits we had, and we had uh, Mitch Holfus on, the great legendary voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. And I asked him this question, I'll ask you this question. If the Chiefs don't win this Super Bowl, what's their narrative like in terms of they've been to all these AFC championship games in a row, they've been to three Super Bowls in four years, but if they only come away with one championship it doesn't look so good it's not good enough i mean the 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 margin for error is so slim when it comes to championships and this is what and the reason why balski is because we value super bowls we value championship rings so highly like if you get to three and five years and win two boom you're you're talked about in such a different light than Well, you won one, but you lost two, and you're the team that never could get over the hump. And don't forget, you lost the Cincinnati Bengals at home, too. Um, So there's there's a lot riding on what this means historically. Like, I think Mahomes and Kelsey are first ballot Hall of Famers already, regardless. It cements them into Canton in their first year of eligibility with a win on Sunday. And I think the same would be said for Andy Reid. Like yeah. to me, the, the the guy who has the most to gain and the most to lose on Sunday is Andy Reid because uh, he lost one with Philly too. So, so I'm going to use what you said, and I don't disagree with you. You need to win, and we've we've always used the Marino Dilfer debate. Which quarterback would you rather have? You'd have Marino, but Dilfer won the Super Bowl. But you talked to Larry Fitzgerald today, so I'll just make it more immediate. Larry Fitzgerald or Isaac Bruce? Isaac Bruce won a championship. Would you take him over Larry Fitzgerald? You know what I mean? Who's better? I I think Larry Fitzgerald oh, is. Oh, for sure. I, we were having this conversation at dinner last night. I, I have Larry Fitzgerald at the top five, six of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson. And, yeah, I think Fitz is, Fitz is right there in the conversation. He's right there. Like I know Michael Irvin's got his rings for sure. Um, but that that's, you know, yeah, Isaac Bruce, Marvin Harrison. You know, you're in that, you're in a special category when you win one and you're elite. But there are some, like the Marinos, like the Fitzgeralds, whose careers were so brilliant and dominant and standalone, even without the bling, Balti. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they remain... They remain top 10 ever. So a couple of Super Bowls ago, they had a little bit of issues on their offensive line, and they got smashed by Brady and the Bucks, 31-9. to yeah. I think it's going to be a, a humbling experience for Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. I am going along with the Madden simulation this year where they picked the Eagles to win 31-17. I think it's a, a minimum 10-point victory for the Eagles. I think they absolutely smashed the Chiefs. The only area in which I have pause about that is Jalen Hurts' shoulder. Let's remember, week 15, he gets slammed into the turf in Chicago. They're calling it a sprained joint in the shoulder. He missed two games, week 16, week 17. He barely ran. He barely threw week 18 against the Giants. And Ballsy, his, his deep throws haven't been that crisp. The accuracy hasn't quite been there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as Bo has told you over the years, as Travis Lule has told us over the years, it's not about the velocity. It's not about the zip. It's about getting the ball in the tight window. So when you want to go outside the numbers to Devontae, when you want to go to outside the numbers to A.J. Brown, which, which the Eagles did early in the season, how effective may Hurts be with that banged-up shoulder? I wouldn't be surprised, Ballsy. If you see Steve Spagnuolo come out early, man, and even with the young corners, even with the young secondary, and really test Jalen Hurts. Say, okay, beat us with your arm. Let's see what you got. Arash, this is always fun. Thanks for coming on back-to-back. Enjoy the Super Bowl, my friend. You too. Thanks, that's, Ballsy. That's Arash Madani, and it's Coast to Coast, brought to you by our good friend Brian Golly at Smart Investing Solutions. We'll take your calls if you want to call in, 936-6262, toll-free, 1-866-767-0620. We'll address some of your texts and some other things, too. It's the Sports Cage for Nelson Holmes on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. When- You're listening to the radio home of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. People are calling Western Pizza Hotline. Let's go say hi to Mark. He's on the phone. Go ahead, Mark. You're on the sports cage. Hey, how you doing? Good, Mark. What's up? I'm just wondering, uh, Keon Schaefer Baker, did he sign with anybody? No. Nope. Window closed February 8th. February 14th, the window closes. He has oh, to sign. I thought no, seen- no. Schoen, Schoen's another guy in Winnipeg, Dalton Schoen. He's a guy that has to sign by the 14th, and so does Kean Schaefer Baker. If not, they're back. I'm suspecting, okay. I'm suspecting Baker's going to be back. Hope he is, uh, and has a great yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah. How about Micah Tights? What's happening? He's back. He's back. He'll play Will Linebacker. Uh, Looks like he's on pace to be back. They'll move Larry Dean to the middle and put Moncrief on the other side. Moncrief, you didn't know, maybe played half the year with an injured uh, shoulder, torn labrum. And I know this is a tough injury to come back from because my kid played with the same thing. I don't know how how bad his was. My son got a surgery. You can't arm tackle. So Derek Moncrief was uh, with his hand tied behind his back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks. Uh, thanks a lot. Those are a couple things I was wondering about. Have a good weekend, man. You too. All right, let's go to Jim, who's been waiting patiently. Go ahead, Jim. Hi, uh, Michael. Uh, uh, this, I was thinking this coach might have been ahead of your time. Gord Curry? I know Gord Curry. He was ahead of my time, but he was the greatest amateur coach in Regina history, man. I, I did. It's funny. I'm glad you brought that up. 1993, we're getting, it was my last year at the Rams, or the last year I played. I could have played one more. And Frank McChrystal has us up on the, on the old, uh, the hill, which was the old dump in Regina. It's in North yeah. Regina, right? The, it's now Scotty Livingstone Field where like, it was Scotty yeah. Livingstone Field, but it's where the Thunder practice now. Anyway, we come down, we come into the locker room, and we had been hearing them talk, him and Bernie Schmidt, about Gord Curry. I thought Gord Curry was dead back then. And he comes in. <laughs> into the room and it was like Lazarus and the tomb, the tomb rolled back he walks in he starts telling us I knew right there we're going to kick the Hamilton Hurricanes ass and we did <laughs> Gord Curry was awesome I love Gord Curry anyway Gord and I uh, walked together and hung out together at the field house for quite a few years and uh, we talked football and different things and one day uh, we were analyzing some game and I said well they got a good running back and then they got you know, and Gord looked at me, and he said, 
you know what, Jimmy? They can have all those things, but if you don't have a guy pulling the trigger, you got nothing. Mm-hmm. And that may come down to tomorrow or Sunday. And that, make, that may come down to yeah. being a turning point. It is, but uh, any team that can, you can't blitz Patrick Mahomes. Tony Dungy said it best. If you blitz Patrick Mahomes, you're dead. You rush for and drop everybody else back into coverage. It's what Tampa Bay did. It's what Cincinnati did pretty effectively in that game till they got that bogus penalty against them and couldn't capitalize on their chances too. I think Philadelphia will be able to control the line of scrimmage, drop people back into coverage. I think Philly will wins the game. That's how I see it. Yeah, well, you may be right. The other thing uh, I asked Gord, I said, all the quarterbacks you coached, who was the best? And he said, well, I'm not really going to go there because I had so many good ones. But he said, I'll give you this one. The most accurate quarterback I ever had and coached was Lenny Noel. He says that guy could throw a football through a basketball hoop from 30 yards. Wow. Yeah, no, there's been some great quarterbacks. You got him. You had uh, Dean Pickton. Man, uh, Daryl Leeson, who I played with on the Rams. Noah Pickton. I mean, the list goes. Uh, Tio Orban, of course. Uh, you know, lots of great quarterbacks there. Hey, uh, thanks for your call, Jim. We got to be rolling. Probably be at the Pats game tomorrow night where Zinger tells me there's only two tickets left. So I'll go enjoy the game. Should be a good one. Th- thanks, Jimmy. Take care. And thanks for listening, man. Okay, we got. Dwayne, I think, on the on the phone line. Go ahead, Dwayne. Yeah, good afternoon, Ballsy. How are you today? Good, man. How are you? Beautiful February. I'm loving it, man. Yeah, yes, absolutely. We're, I'm just on my way to uh, Hudson Bay for senior hockey and snowmobiling this weekend. So. Oh, well, right, what, what, what team are you on, or are you just watching? Just watching my son plays with Hudson Bay Hunters, so I'm just going to watch him. Well, we always got the senior hockey report at 3.32 right here with the Monday Nooner guys here on the Sports Cage. What do you got going on, Dwayne? What do you want to talk about? I'm just actually wondering if you know when the tickets for Touchdown Atlantic go on sale. Uh, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't. I don't know if those details have been revealed. If they have, I didn't really look at it. <laughs> I don't buy the ticket, so I, right. I, I already have a ticket in the right. makeshift booth. Uh, Zingers looked it up. Hold on a second, Dwayne. Yeah, it's uh, on sale ticket day coming spring 2023, and that's all we know. So, so. it'll be coming up here soon, and we will have the details as okay, soon as yeah. you. Did you go to the we last one? We were there last year. Oh, yeah? We did, yeah. We were there last year. Awesome, man. We got our tickets for, well, since it was, since it was originally planned, so we finally got there mm-hmm. last year. And it was a great time, other than the football game wasn't as good as we'd hoped. But. Well, I mean, it was a decent football game till Cody threw that pick. Hey, Dwayne, since you put your money where your mouth is and go all the way out to Halifax, what are you thinking so far about what the Riders have done, what they apparently have done, what they might do? Uh, I don't know. I'm, uh, I'm especially optimistic, I guess. Uh, I think Harris will be a good quarterback if we can put some guys around him to protect him. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, happy that we got our running backs back. Probably going to lose some studs off defense, but you're going to have to do that because you got to sacrifice somewhere to have an old line, eh? So, that, absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Dwayne, we are up against we are up against the clock. I uh, 
I wish you good uh, travels out to Hudson Bay. Have fun watching senior hockey and snowmobiling. And uh, hey, if you're in Halifax and we don't hook up before, then come see me because I'm in the makeshift bo- uh, makeshift booth uh, on the on the benches side. So make sure you stop by. Okay. For sure, you bet. Take care. That's Dwayne headed up to Hudson Bay. Uh, we'll be back with more of the sports cage, including Chase the Ace, a chance to win some cash here on 620 CKRM. Sports ticker at 432. The Saskatchewan Roughriders have signed Canadian wide receiver Mitchell Pickton to a two-year contract extension. And speaking of our roughies, we're about to give away a lot of moolah coming up here in a couple seconds. The Saskatchewan Roughrider Foundation, Chase the Ace, brought to you by Viterra on the way. And it's time for your CFL report. Here's Michael Ball with Rough Riders kicker Brett Lowther. Obviously, you're a little biased, but what do you hear from guys that aren't initially here and come here? What do they think of the Rough Rider organization and Regina and Saskatchewan by extension? Um, obviously, just the fan base is second and none, and every team's going to say that, but it's it's just true out here. I mean, if you're on a different team, you're going to say that as well. I've played for other teams. And yeah. I'm not just saying it because I'm here now. The facilities we have, um, it doesn't matter if it's buddies on the other team playing here in the Grey Cup or when they get to see it, they know it's the best in the league. Even when the, the Jets and the Flames played that uh, outdoor game here, they were leaving some notes and stuff behind about how it's better than NHL facilities and stuff like that as well. So um, for me, that's why I love to keep coming back. I feel like uh, some of our people up top in the organization every year, it's, it's like clockwork. There, there's a lot of maybe negativity or stuff that comes around and, until you can sign players and stuff like that. But I feel like J.O. and Vicky and those guys are doing a great job and take a lot more flack than they probably deserve. But um, it's a great place to play. It's a, For me, I'm from a small place, Nova Scotia. I feel like it's uh, very similar out here. The people have been great to me, and I have no complaints. I'm super fortunate to be in the position I'm in. It's just lucky to still be playing football. Yeah, and uh, I'll tell you what, you, you're the benefactor of playing on Canada's team because we talked about it before. You get to go back to Nova Scotia and play in a second straight uh, touchdown Atlantic game. Are you uh, are you liking the signing so far and maybe some of the rumors you're hearing without the, the confirmation? of them? Do you like kind of where the direction's going for this team? Because I feel like, yes, it didn't have, this team didn't have a good uh, year last year. A lot of factors for that, and it's never as good as you think it is, and never as bad as you think it was. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with that. It's uh, something I preach to definitely the younger guys, or maybe being a leader on the team now, is uh, instead of the ups and downs, or thinking it's really good or really bad, it's, it's really never like that. Uh, one thing just to be clear on, like we we haven't signed anyone. You can't yeah. officially sign anyone till Monday. Like these guys can change their mind. That's why the window is open to um, basically go back to your own team and negotiate to get more money and why they started in the first place. So why there's a, a lot of rumors and stuff like that, um, they're good. But until stuff's kind of done and settled with, you don't really know what you have. But I know... Uh, J.O. and Kyle and um, the whole grass is working extremely hard to make sure our team is uh, as good as possible off the field, but you don't win anything right now, so it doesn't mean anything until you start playing the games and see what you have to put out for a lineup come October, November. Saskatchewan's best coverage of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders is on the sports cage, right here on the mighty 620 CKRM. Chase the Ace Lottery back for 
the fifth week. We got four cards, four numbers out of play here. A chance for somebody to automatically win $2,174. Regardless of what happens, this that's the weekly prize. And then I don't know what the what's the big price, Cindy. <laughs> good answer. I'm, well, good I'm question. waiting. I am I'm waiting. waiting. Too. It's we not got coming out. We got this. Uh, we got this TV in here. What is the, what? You don't know what it is. It's, there it is. Thirty six thousand two hundred thirty three dollars. Wow, that's probably in Braden Lennius's couch right there. Thirty six thousand. It could be two hundred thirty three dollars. Hey, Lennius. Yeah, I'm not quite. It might be in Mitchell's couch, <laughs> not mine though. Okay, Braden Lennius here. Now it's normally a quarterback. Uh, we don't know who the quarterback is, so it's not the Cody Fajardo card. It is the Braden Lennius card, the right. Ace of Spades. That's kind of cool, eh? It is very cool. Yeah, I know it was an honor for them to choose me for this. Yeah, awesome. it's 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 nice. You're back in now, Regina born. Yep. You split your time between here and Vancouver, but you've been spending some time here in Saskatchewan. I would say that maybe you should move here full-time because look at the weather outside in February. I, I'm saying it's the Braden Lennius effect. Exactly, right? It's beautiful, right? And so yeah. I don't know. But you know what? My roots are here. We have my lady and I, we have a place out here. So yeah. this is this is probably 70-30 yeah. to be seen. Oh, good, so, man. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. That's awesome. And this money that we raise, can you just mm-hmm. fill us in, Cindy, where it goes to? Uh, just a retake on that. Yeah, so we've got this great program called Win With Wellness. It's a mental health program. We're going into schools. Braden's one of the great presenters. There's six of these guys in mm-hmm. the off-season. They're going and talking to kids in schools about mental health and giving them a few tools. Braden knows a lot about it, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. He's the expert now, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the money will go to support that, as well as amateur football in this province. So before I ask you what you've been doing, who is the guy? Did you have an athlete come to a school to visit you or somebody you looked up to? No, that, this is kind of why the reason I'm doing it because I never had something like this, right? So it's something for me to kind of take that step and kind of break the stigma of mental health of men being able to open up, be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, that's kind of my reason to do more, it. More than, or just not more than that, but from a league standpoint, I say this to Lothar because he's one of the guys with you along with Dan Clor- uh, Clark, Jorgen Hughes, Mitch Picton, and who's the other one? Derek Moncrief. Derek Moncrief. Yeah. Kreef, love it. Yeah. I love Kreef in the sense that like, you're a Regina guy. Yeah. Clarky's a Regina guy. Uh, this guy comes from, uh, well, he's from Alabama. Oh, wow. He spent time in L.A. Yeah. and he's now marrying a Regina girl and he's here now. He loves yeah, it. He's a sworn in local now, just yeah, like a few other guys as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's very How's good. his shoulder? He can make tackles with oh, his arm good now? No, yeah. we were working out in Saskatoon last week. No, he's looking yeah, good. good. He's going to be good. ready to go. So, so what I was going to say here, it's it's awesome because you're kind of like if you could even turn one or two kids on to wanting to be a CFL fan or yeah. have a dream to be a, a, the next Brain Lennius. Hundred percent. No, it's huge. As soon as we get like I get, any of us get into the school, you just see their faces light up. It's an instant reaction of hey, if, if it's one kid, if it's three kids, if it's the whole school, we just want to inspire in mm-hmm. some type of way. So it's really it's really rewarding what we're doing. So in in general, what like you're talking mental health, but what yeah. is kind of the message you like? To so spread? the Kickstarter kind of this is COVID, right? COVID was tough on everybody. Yeah. For these kids, I have a young sister that kind of went through it. So kind of giving them tools, right? We call the, we call the playbook and the backpack. So the playbook is more of a mental thing they can pull from and then the backpack is more physical. Mm-hmm. So when we go into that, we touch on different things of how they can just draw from it, right? If whatever they're going through with their life, certain situations, life happens fast, right? So for them to kind of be selfish with their mental health and, you know, take the time to really understand themselves. So we just give them some tools to enable them to be successful. We'll talk football in a second yep. while we wait for the person after we draw their name. So right. Let's, Let's get right do down to yeah, it, okay? We're sure. into our fifth week, so here we go. No pressure. Exciting. Yeah. Live online, too. They're wearing Braden Lennius jerseys. I had one gifted to me by Cindy. I wore it last week. I did in week one, and I'm not kidding you. I have the studio at my house. Your damn jersey's hanging right there. And the only I, time I show up, you don't have it. I leave it, and I, I get halfway from <laughs> White City, and I'm like, I forgot the darn thing. What's the name so I can... Uh, Leticia make... Litstruck. Yep. Okay. Leticia 
Oystrick. Oystrick. Leticia yeah. or Leticia Oystrick. Okay. Yeah. So while we wait for her, yep. she automatically wins $2,174. That is outstanding. That's not bad for um, how are you feeling? Like you, you, yep. you, you were having an awesome year the year before. Mm-hmm. Then you wanted to take your crack at the NFL. You had some cheeseburgers and stuff. Got up to about 235, 240. Of course. Didn't maybe go the way you wanted. You're back yep. here, but then you were kind of fighting to get down. Mm-hmm. Listen, it was like you're trying to catch up the rest of the year, right? 100%. And it was, it was funny because when we ended the season, that's when I got my season shape. And I was just like, oh. I knew that was what was going to happen. I knew the whole time everything was going to kind of fall that way. Uh, but going forward for this year, I'm kind of, I'm getting back to that 2021 weight, um, how I used to play and how that, that kind of body type. And I'm, I'm really excited. We have a good core guys that are ready to go. So if I remember correctly, yeah. it was 219 you were playing at before you left. So you're, are you right around there? Yeah, I'm 223 right now. I like to sit in the, kind of the off season right now, give myself some buffer when I get to camp. I usually lose about six or seven. Yeah. So Braden Lenius, yeah. but we call him Lenius because he's That's getting okay. all Leaned yeah, exactly. out. Hey, your buddy picked and signed two year deal. That's cool. Two year deal. Yeah, no, he's in the locker room when I was working out and gave him a big hug. And it's just, it's huge, right? It, I came in with him and he was when he was here and it's amazing for his family for him. Yeah, um, it's 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 awesome. I was so happy for him. I like him because he's a, yeah he's a Swiss Army knife. Like he is. you can throw him in any receiver position yeah. and he knows the playbook. He could probably play quarterback. That's how much he knows the offense. So he he he's literally our utility knife, like plug and play, just a trench dog. Wherever you tell him to go, he will go and do it. His job perfectly. So it's it's really good to we have them. Okay, let's get out on the phone line yeah. here and talk to La... Is it Leticia? Is it Leticia? It's Leticia, yeah. Awesome, Leticia. Are you a big Ryder fan? I am I am a big Ryder fan. Are you a big Braden Lenius fan? Hope so. Oh, I'm a fan of all the Rough Riders. <laughs> good I'm, not, good. I'm not going to pick one. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. So, guess what, Leticia? You what have now you have now won more money than when Braden Lenny signed his first contract signing bonus, $2,174. You've got an automatic $2,174, but you have a chance to win over 36000 right now if you pick the Ace of Spades, which we have called the Braden Lenny card. Okay. Now, okay. We've got numbers between one and fifty-two, but you can't pick these numbers. Okay. So listen carefully: ten, twenty-one, seventeen, or thirty-three. You could pick any other number besides ten, seventeen, twenty-one, and thirty-three. Between one and fifty-two. So pick a number. I'm picking number eighteen. That's my ball number. Your ball number? That's also yeah. The number. I played fastball for years, and that's my number. That's also that's an awesome number. That's also one of my favorite riders numbers of all time. Jeff Fairholm was on our pregame show, by the way. So there Jeff you Farrell. go. There you go. Number eighteen. Cindy's opening it. Pull it out. Oh, it's the six of hearts. So oh, that's, uh, okay. that's okay because yep. you still won twenty one hundred and seventy four dollars. And here's the beauty of it, Cindy: she can win again, right? Yeah, you can win again next week, the week after, until that card is won. Until that card is won, so repeat winners. By the way, Leticia, if I can ask you, what, like, how many tickets did you buy at one time? Was it like, was it like a a, a big amount? I was my it just sister one? and I go in every Friday, twelve dollars and fifty cents each. We've done it ever since this started, and this is the first time we've gotten called. So are you going to tell your sister that you're splitting Absolutely. the money or you, you're just winning it? Okay, that's good. Good. Absolutely. We'll, we'll go out and have a Friday celebration. Thanks for your time, Leticia. Thank you so much. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll be on the next winner again.
Awesome. That's awesome. Okay, before I let you go, sure. what's the off season look like for you so far? Besides all the like the mental health and and the initiative with being an ambassador, it's getting in shape, being in shape, being the mm-hmm. best version of myself. You know, I have I have some goals that I have set out for myself this year, um, especially going into this leadership role as being one of the older guys in the room now. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to take that leadership on of carrying the room, showing what we can do, holding guys accountable. We want good character dudes, and aside from that, for myself, um, just stay consistent. Right, consistency is probably the biggest thing about for my career that I felt that makes me be successful so just keep cracking at the bit have fun with it and uh you know just 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 have to keep working for those goals so uh we don't know if duke and shack are back yeah. uh, you're here have you heard anything about key and schaefer baker come on be our insider here have you I heard mean, anything he's not till the 14th i can get the pot stirring i talked to him yesterday but i, I can only, yeah. i can only tell you guys that much Dude so. doesn't return my calls or anything anymore that's i'm the, very yeah, sad that's yeah. the, that's the yeah. schaefer baker yeah. man it's I, okay, left, I left Sha- i left the schaefer baker jersey right next to the lennius jersey but you're still talking about so. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. And how are you feeling about some of the rumors you're hearing and everything? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, Co- looks like Cody's going to end up in Montreal. Yeah. Maybe Trevor Harris here. What do you think if that does happen? You know what? Um, I've only heard good things about Trevor as well. So you know, I heard he's a good leader. He just he goes out there and he plays, right? Mm. So um, that's what we want, right? Mm. He, like, you know, Cody did that as well for us. But, you know, some things don't work on that. I've learned in my young career already. That's the business of things, mm. right? So um, whoever comes, we're going to welcome with open arms and we're going to love them up and we're going to get to work. You know, we have some goals as a team that we got we to gotta go get and chase. So, um, yeah. So you're into the last year of your deal here. Are you going to take another look at the NFL? Or are you kind of where your feet are right now? Because it yeah. gets to a point where in a professional man's of career course. in football, you got to decide what you want to do. Either be have a legacy in the CFL or exactly. always try to chase the NFL dream. Have you decided that yet? 100%. I, yeah, right now I have, I have that decided. Um, I'm never going to shut the door completely on that because that's every man's goal if they play this sport. Um, but right now, like you said, I'm present. I'm, I'm very happy where I'm at. I've dreamed of this, right? As a kid coming back in this community, um, I've always wanted to do this. Taught being the schools be doing a variety of different things and you know what um it's just an honor so hopefully i can keep stay here as long as possible mm. um and, and just yeah keep keep rolling with this this is the nfl in the cfl right yeah, here yeah. this is what it is in yeah. saskatchewan tell them where they can get their tickets for next week starting at five o'clock at yeah, five o'clock riderville.com and uh slash foundation which is yeah. really easy click on and you can actually buy a subscription if you want if you want to go to bahamas mm-hmm. for like sort of yeah, yeah like yeah. you yeah uh yeah you yeah. can actually buy and maybe you win while you're there that's awesome hey yes i'm getting out of town for a while uh it was an interesting season i need a break <laughs> i want to give a shout out to the viterra for getting on board with this and being a major sponsor we got to give them a shout out yeah viterra is fantastic this yeah. is the third year that viterra has supported this chase the ace raffle and also supporting kids and community both with the win with wellness as well as amateur football. So thanks, Viterra. Thanks for coming in, guys. Yes, thank Can't you. wait to see you. Cheers. Appreciate Later. it. Take yep. care. See you guys. Where Saskatchewan sports fans come to talk. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Super Bowl week. It's been a great week here. Uh, in terms of NFL guests, you heard earlier in our first Sports Cage Rewind from earlier in the week, Mitch Holpus, legendary voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. This guy's won the Super Bowl twice. Once as a backup with Brett Favre, but more famously, the 85-15-1 Bears whipped the New England Patriots in the New Orleans-Louisiana Superdome. Here's Jim McMahon. How's everything going up there? We're doing great, man. So... 
first things first, you are supposed to actually do a dinner up the highway in Saskatoon with the U of S Huskies pre-pandemic, but the pandemic kind of threw every uh, threw a wrench into it. I was going to go to that dinner. I'm, I'm sad I missed out on it. Yeah, I was I was looking forward to doing it as well. I, I'd been up there a few years back and and did a, a similar type dinner and had a heck of a good time. So I was looking forward to coming back and then. Uh, yeah, all this stuff hit, and you know, with your uh, the guy in charge up there for you guys, I, I don't know if I'd ever got back out of there. So, <laughs> I'm glad glad things have uh, calmed down a bit. That's good. I'm glad <laughs> you think along the same way as me. I love it. Uh, okay, Jim. Uh, yeah, when Jim, you. I'm not going to lie to you. I was never a Bears fan, but I was a Walter Payton fan. Who couldn't be? And I was a Jim McMahon fan because of your toughness and your moxie that you just displayed right there. So when did you realize you were the toughest guy on the field? At what point in your life did you realize I'm the toughest guy on the field? Well, I, I I was able to endure a lot of pain early on in life, and so I think that just carried over. Uh, and I stuck myself in the eye with a fork when I was six years old, and that was pretty damn painful. Um, you know, so I had eye problems all my life. I mean, that's why I've been wearing sunglasses since I was six years old. And so uh, that, in between the the regular beatings I got from my folks from from doing you know some bad things uh, early on so uh yeah i learned to deal with a lot of pain so it didn't really bother me uh playing through my career yeah no kidding man let me ask you a question because you, you've been pretty open about dealing with the head injuries and other ailments from football jim mcmahon do you ever regret playing football uh well i don't regret it because that's what i did for a living I, I would have rather played baseball that was my first love that's all i ever wanted to do but uh you know, things didn't work out that way, and, uh, you know, football, football was great. You know, I played 15 years and, and uh, played for seven different teams, a lot of great players, a lot of good coaches, some really bad ones, but uh, I had a hell of a good time. And, uh, you know, it's catching up with me now. You know, I've, I've still got some lingering problems. Like you said, my head still bug, bugs me. I have to go back to New York about every four, three to four months to get an adjustment uh, so I can function properly or normally anyway. And uh, other than that, you know, I had a I had an ankle routine ankle surgery uh, a year ago, actually 15 months ago, and uh, ended up getting infected. And so I had to have two more surgeries. And they talked about cutting off my leg. Uh, they saved all that, but uh, now it's not working. Still, I'm still not walking. I'm I'm on a crutch. And so that's been uh, very uh, disheartening. But other than that, you know, hanging in there. <laughs> Man, you are tough. Tough's an understatement. Jim McMahon joining us here on the Western Pizza Hotline. Uh, Jim, if you could go back in the moment and play one game or one play again, could you, you know, the young Jim McMahon who had all, you know, who could move around freely, what game or play would that be? Can you can you pinpoint one? Yeah, that would be the 88 NFC Championship game against the 49ers uh, in Chicago. You know, we were, uh, you know, we had the best team or best record in the league that year. We had home field advantage and, uh, we came out and laid an egg. And unfortunately, you know, that's the Niners went to that Super Bowl. They ended up winning it. And so that, that was the one game I'd like to have back because that's, that's the only time I ever lost to Joe Montana as well. I was four and one against them and the only loss was the, was the big one. Yeah, you know, you were, you know, I would never say you had the gunslinger mentality. Uh, you were a great quarterback, but I mean, you, you, people talk about Montana and, and quarterbacks like that. What was it like 
though, to be the rock star of that team. Like, you were the rock star of that team. Peyton, uh, all-time Hall of Famer, but you were the face of that team. What was it like back then in the 80s to be the face of the Bears? Well, I'm, I'm glad there wasn't social media back then. <laughs> but, uh, it was it was nice. I mean, you know, Chicago, the fans have always treated me well. Uh, even you know, even when I came back and played as a as a visitor, uh, the fans have always treated me great. I lived there for 28 years. You know, my family was born and raised there, so it's a special place. You know, I got I got out of there about 13 years ago uh, when my youngest son went to college. I said, hey, I, I've had enough of the cold. I'm going out to Arizona. And here I am, been sitting in the cold for the last two months, but uh, unseasonably un- un- cold here. But it's starting to warm up again. But yeah, I, I-, I enjoyed it. It was uh, it was a heck of a lot of fun. It was a- it's a great town. It was a great town. You know, we-, we got we got some problems there too. But uh, yeah, I- I've always enjoyed Chicago. W- was it was it ever a pain in the butt though to be that uh, that much of a popular figure around there in terms of your personal life? Like, what's that? A lot of us will never walk in the same shoes you walked in. Well, to get, you know, I, I had my kids, you know, knocked over, you know, people rushing up for autographs or, or you're sitting with your family at dinner trying to eat and, you know, the constant stream of people. But, you know, that that was kind of very frustrating, especially when my kids got, you know, were kind of run over and then people still want an autograph. And, and when I, I get a little pissed off and, you know, you knock my kids down. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, other than that, you know, it was it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, that's part of the, that's part of it. You know, people, you know, that's, you're in, you're on television, you're in the newspaper and people, people know you. And back then they, they know us because we, you know, everybody seemed to have a radio show or a TV show or some kind of commercial. And, and so we were, we were out in the public more than, than most teams were. Jim uh, McMahon joining us here. Tom Brady said he's going to start his broadcasting career with Fox, the Super Bowl, but in in full uh, in the fall. Were, were you ever approached about being a broadcaster on a network? Because you really do have the persona or personality to do it. Well, until they can come up with the truth network, then I'm not going to do it. You, know, you got to be able to, you know, say what's on your mind or, or say what you know everybody that's watching TV is thinking. And, and uh, these guys can't do it, mm-hmm. or they won't do it. And then I have a little bit of Tourette, so that they'd have to be beeping me all the time too. So. <laughs> well, I'm glad you've held it in check here for a few minutes. Hey, uh, Jim, one other thing from that '86 Super Bowl. I mean, what a dominant team! What a dominant defense! I think I I, I watched a biography or a NFL football life, uh, probably Walter Payton's, and I, I think you were quoted in that. Just talk about the fact uh, that uh, you know Walter didn't score a touchdown in his only Super Bowl appearance. Uh, huh. You know, did you even realize that was happening at the time? And how do you feel about that in the aftermath? Well, at the time, nobody nobody was really thinking about that. You know, we we went in the, the locker room at halftime saying, you know, let's put 60, 70 points up there if we, if we can. And uh, and, every, and Dick was like, yeah, let's do it. And then by the, literally about halfway through the third quarter, we the starters were out. And, you know, we thought we'd get more chances. But, you know, Walter carried the ball, I think, 25, 27 times in the game. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but their whole focus that whole week was we stopped Walter Payton, we win. And that was, you know, that's a, a tribute to his greatness. That's why everybody else had a big day because they were so keyed in on Walter. Uh, 
you know, he was going to have a tough. I think you could have gave it to him a hundred times. He might not have gotten in because that's that's their focus. We stop and we win, mm-hmm. and that just didn't happen because we had we had too many other talented players. So, how long did it take for you to come up with the Roselle headband? You were famous for wearing a headband, and you had an Adidas one on, and you got fined five thousand bucks by the NFL commissioner because. And back in that day, uh, that was a lot of money for Jim McMahon for any NFL player in the in the mid eighties. Uh, how long did it take you to come up with the Roselle idea for the headband? Well, you got like ten minutes when you leave the field and come back out for kickoff. So. <laughs> By the time I left the field and came back, that's what I had on there. I didn't have enough room for what I wanted to put in front of Roselle, but you know, it would have been all the way around my head. But I figured that would that would make the statement that I wanted to make, and it did. You know, I got his attention. You know, I didn't get fined that week. He actually called and thanked me for the free advertising, and uh, and then he said, you know, you can't wear it in the Super Bowl, and so. I figured out a way. I mean, I, I, I got a hold, somehow I got a hold of the rule book and I started reading it and uh, I found out they, they shouldn't have been able to find me the first time. Mm-hmm. And so now I said, now I'm going to have a little fun with them. So I decided to wear all charities during the, during the game. But uh, Adidas wanted me to wear the headband. I said, look, I'm going to wear it, but not around my head. I said, but you'll be able to see it. And so they agreed and, and, uh, so the head referee was chasing me around the field all during pregame warm-up telling me I couldn't wear that headband. And then right before kickoff, or right after the National Anthem, he says, I went to put on my helmet, and he said, oh, I can't let you on the field with that on there. And I said, yeah, I know, but you can't do anything about this. And I pulled it down around my neck. And so any picture you see of the Super Bowl, you've got that Adidas headband clearly shown around my neck. And then I just started putting the charities on one after the other. On every series, I had a new charity. And I figured if they find me for charities, they're going to really look like idiots. I love it. And so I ended up I ended up getting paid by Adidas. I didn't get fined by the NFL, but the next year there was uh, quite a bit more pages of rules of what you could and couldn't wear. Jim McMahon, Super Bowl champ, twice over, once with the Bears, once as a backup with the Packers. He joined us on Monday. If you want to hear the whole interview, go to our uh, Sports Cage podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, and check it out. Coming up after 5, it's our betting expert, Andy McNamara, and the first annual Sports Cage Super Blow! Sports Talk lives here. Welcome to another hour of the Sports Cage with your host, Michael Ball. And let's get right to it. Show's brought to you by Nelson Homes, applying home packages and RTMs for over 65 years. Our betting expert in for the last time before the big game, Andy McNamara. Andy, tell them where they can get a hold of you right off the outset here. Right off the bat, well, I got a great show that just got released, the sick podcast with Andy McNamara on YouTube. You can search that or on Twitter at AndyMC81, at SickPodBrowns, Instagram at AndyMCSports. All the Super Bowl prop plays, tips, tricks, all that good stuff. Try to win you a little money and have some fun. So I put 50 on the Eagles, just straight money, li- uh, straight money line. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the Eagles are going to win straight up. I think, Ballsy, we talked about it a little bit last week, and I'm convinced more as the week goes on, the money is on the alternate spread. That one-and-a-half line is garbage. You're not making squat with that. You're going to make some money if you go, depending who you think is going to win. If we say the Eagles, if you think the Eagles will win by a field goal, which I do, then if you think they'll win by three or three-and-a-half, then you're in the plus money, plus 116, plus 138. Even by two-and-a-half or more, you're in almost that even. So you can make a little bit by going into that alternate spread. That's what people should be looking to do, not that one-and-a-half stuff. I got Eagles by 10. 
By ten. By ten. Yeah. Right, what would that? What would that pay out? That'd be plus three twenty. By ten. Let's go. By ten. Let's I think go. they're gonna. I think they're gonna smash him. I think it comes down to line Ooh. play. And uh, look what happened a couple of years ago when the Bucks absolutely hammered them. I know they had a left tackle issue. Actually, I think a right tackle issue too. But I just think the line play. We know it in Saskatchewan with seventy-seven sacks in a year. If you don't have a, a line, you can't win. And I just think that the Eagles are better both sides of the ball. Look, I absolutely love that reasoning, and I brought that up myself on, on my show today too, uh, Balzi, is that I could see that happening. And we remember the graphic that looked like a preschooler with a crayon scribbling that Patrick Mahomes ran for like 200 yards behind the line of scrimmage because of the pressure. And the thing with that Eagles defense is you can't, you don't want to all-out blitz Patrick Mahomes anyway, because then he'll just wait, sidestep you, and then throw it to the open man. But if you can get pressure with that front four, that's where you make your money against Patrick Mahomes because then you still have the guys covering and you get into the backfield. And with that leg that is, you know, that ankle that's, you know, whatever, however injured it is, good or not, um, you want to make a move. You want to make him uncomfortable. The more you make a move, the more likely maybe he rolls that thing a little bit and isn't as mobile. Mm. So anytime touchdowns. I like, uh, I I kind of like Pacheco for the uh, Chiefs. And I'm going to go Goddard for the uh, off-the-board a little bit. Goddard uh, for the uh, Eagles. I like Goddard plus 150. Anytime I got a Chiefs guy for you, Balsy. Okay. Not Pacheco. Okay? Okay. Not Pacheco. The guy is Jarek McKinnon. Oh. Plus 175. Here's why. Think of all the Super Bowls. Inevitably, some guy who you either don't expect or don't hear scores a touchdown. You're like, well, why? The difference is McKinnon's done it. And you're like, why did I put that on the money on that guy? McKinnon, end of the year, remember, getting those short little passes. He was clicking into the end zone. Now, Pacheco's been running the ball fine, not great. And with that pass rush of Philly, you're going to want McKinnon in as much as possible because he is the best pass protector in that backfield. Opportunity equals success. And McKinnon's going to be on the field. So whether it's a design play or it becomes Patrick Mahomes' third, fourth read, and he just has to uh, dump it to McKinnon, I think there's a lot of opportunity there for Jarek McKinnon at plus 175 anytime touchdown. I'm putting a small little $5 bet on red Gatorade being thrown on the winning coach. Ooh, boy, well, I'm looking at all these on DraftKings Sportsbook, guys. This is uh, there's, there's so much good stuff on it. Um, so here's, here's the interesting part for you. So red Gatorade, I have it at plus 550 on DraftKings. But here's the story, okay? Mm-hmm. This is the most, the most uh, uh, since 2001... Orange Gatorade has been poured five times. Do you know what is tied for first, Balzi? None. Uh, really? Gatorade. None. So five, which seems like a lot, doesn't it? Like five no pours seems like a lot, and that's paying out the most at plus sixteen hundred. The last time the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, it was orange plus two fifty. When the Eagles won, it was yellow slash green. That's plus three fifty. Those are the top two favorites. But man, five times. Like I expect Gatorade to be poured. But that five number of nobody pouring, uh, I can't think of one where it hasn't been poured, but it's there. What's the over-under on Stapleton's anthem? I heard two minutes and two seconds. Mm-hmm. What are you going to go under? Under or over? You know what? I never know how. You know what? I always feel that these guys try to milk it, right? They're not going to rush through. Mm-hmm. They want to have their land of the friend. <laughs> like hold their voice for five minutes. I'm going over. Okay. Do that again later if you want. How about uh, this one? How about this one? How about this one, McNamara? How about this? How about this one, Andy Mac? That's great. Right. I love it. You should be. You should. We should have an opener to the anthem. You should be the guy. Ooh. So, Andy, 
Andy, why wouldn't Stapleton tell some random buddy to to bet the over uh, on two hundred two, put fifty grand down, and they split the winnings? I, I, I'm totally with you. One hundred percent with you. I don't know. Maybe they have ethics. Maybe they have morals. That's, that's loser talk. Loser talk. Yeah, we're in a bet. Find the edge. <laughs> okay. Find the edge. What's going to be Rihanna's first song that she sings? I had. I had. I had. We found love at plus seven hundred. That's what I say. Ooh, uh, the favorite is "Don't Stop the Music." Yeah. Um, I, you know what I'm thinking? I the first thing that jumped to mind was umbrella. That's plus nine hundred for umbrella. Ella, Ella, Ella. I think you can do that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Would she bring Eminem out and do a duet with Monster? Couldn't they sing Monster? Ooh, totally could. Now here's what I heard in passing today: that Snoop Dogg is doing a concert uh, tonight or tomorrow Ooh. around the Super Bowl. Could he not swing by? Ooh, do they do a duet together? I don't know, but it doesn't seem to matter. Super Bowl, just bring guys out. Yeah, no, that's that's interesting. Uh, how about this one? This is let's go back to football for a second. I think oh, yeah. this is easy money. Put all your money on a touchback for the opening kickoff. Oh, is that a bet? How, what's, yeah, that's last I saw, it was one sixty-five minus one sixty-five. Yes, and uh, no was plus one thirty. Oh, yeah, I think that's a gimme. It's going to be, that happens. It's going to be, yeah, it's got to be a touchback. Got to be a touchback. Got to be a touchback. Got to be. Okay. And so Hertz and Mahomes are your obvious front runners for MVP. Is there somebody off the board? I would go with Travis Kelsey. Last I saw, plus 1,100. Yep, I go Travis Kelsey. Um, Like, if you want to get super cute, like, do you do defense? I don't think there's been a defensive guy forever. Mm. That's That's very unlikely. Um, could there be a big receiver? Uh, you know, outside of Kelsey, I don't. It's it's kind of just guessing, right? Because for Philly, you have AJ Brown, Devonta Smith can kind of go back and forth. Dallas Goddard, so it's very spread around. I would say Kelsey would be the smartest bet if you weren't going quarterback. Okay. Lastly, uh, Zinger and I were talking about this off the air because they announced their uh, Hall of Fame induction class. Okay, it was okay. It wasn't overwhelming, but there was some good players on there. My yeah, guy. yeah, your guy Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas from the Dolphins, Revis Island, uh, yeah. Rondé Barber. Okay, so, but of the players playing in this game today, or coaching, who's a first ballot Hall of Famer? Do you think? Betting aside, who do you think's a first ballot Hall of Famer on that field? Coaching, I'd say Andy Reid. Yep. Um, you know, his numbers speak for himself, and now that he has that Super Bowl and possibly you know multiples coming, um, he's a gimme. I'd say if you look at it, yeah, Patrick Mahomes well on his way. Travis Kelsey, no doubter. Maybe the biggest no doubter is Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's getting in for sure. His brother uh, Jason. That, his brother Jason could be in there. He's already won a Super Bowl. If he wins two, he's one of the dominant centers. Um, so yeah. I could Fletcher Cox maybe. Maybe sure. Fletcher Cox is there. You know, you have it, it's guys who are flashing but have done it for a while. So Fletcher Fletcher Cox for sure. Like Chris Jones has looked like money. Down the road, like maybe. We, yeah, it's so complicated because you have to look at as well the backlog. And actually, I guess I interviewed quite often Tony Grossi from, he's a Hall of Fame voter from um, Cleveland. He said, what the Hall, he's in that, those voting meetings, and he said, there's um, too many uh, offensive players. So now they're making a concerted effort to get defensive players in. And that's why this year, you didn't see a wide receiver go in. No. They're really trying to focus on that defensive side now to sort of balance it out. I didn't think Joe Klecko was a Hall of Famer, but apparently with ah, the Jets, he's in. he's in. Anyway, you're a Hall yeah. of Fame guest. Thanks for your time, man. 
Thanks, buddy. Love you. Love you. Uh, good, good luck, guys. Love, Let's go. Love you too, man. Okay, so Zinger, it's great to have our betting expert on. But this is hitting social media right away. But first, on the air. We did it on The Wolf when I was the Wolf Morning Show guy. It is a... Well, we'll get to the audio here. This is what we call the first ever Sports Cage Super Blow. All right, folks. Time for the Sports Cage's first ever Super Blow. Now, I've done this before on The Wolf when I was doing the morning show. We did it two years in a row, and we're 2-0. and So bet all your money, bet the mortgage, bet everything on this. We got two eggs decorated expertly by our friend Sean Kleisinger. This one here is the Eagles one. You see Santa Claus? They hate Santa Claus in Philadelphia. They threw batteries, snowballs, and booed him. I was in the late 70s. This is the Kansas City Chiefs egg with the mustache at the bottom, the Andy Reid mustache. The walrus coached both of these teams. So here we go. I'm going to put this in the microwave. I'm going to set the microwave for uh, two minutes. It won't even take two minutes. Okay? So there is the Philadelphia Eagles one. And here is the Kansas City Chief egg. Whichever one blows up first, they are losing the Super Bowl. There we go. Round and around they go. Philly's the better team on paper. Philly's the better team on paper. But will it be the better egg? Yeah, that's the question, Zinger. These are like, these eggs on steroids? Wow. Ooh. Or maybe Andy Reid's mustache will get a bit dirty, huh? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, He's been around a few eggs. Yeah, probably egg couple. McMuffins. Couple. <laughs> yeah. So look at the Chiefs one. It's wow. on the inside. I think that's where the heat is concentrated. Jeez. This is unbelievable. Oh, I heard something. Did it pop? Let's listen in. Nope. Nope. It's I think it was. Which one blew up? The Eagles win the Super Andy Reid is dirty. <laughs> it's time to step into the radio octagon. You're tuned to the Sports Cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio, 620 CKRM. So you heard it right there. Right there. All the predictions out the window. You just got to go with the first ever Sports Cage Super Blow. You can check it out on our Facebook page. The Eagles egg stays alive. And the Chiefs egg blows up, so the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. We are 2-0 and those predictions lifetime, so looking to go 3-0. and Let's head out in the Western Pizza Hotline on this show. This Friday brought to you by Nelson Holmes. Farhan Lalji from TSN joining us on the Western Pizza Hotline. Farhan, thanks for joining me in the desert in Arizona. Where does this Super Bowl week rank for you in terms of ones you've been at? Well, it's been it's been fun, right? I mean, like, look, they're all good, and when you get to these cities where you get into the warm weather climates and they're part of the Super Bowl rotation, they kind of know what they're doing, right? This is my third one here in Arizona. Uh, the difference with this one is when you're in Arizona, everything is spread out because there's a, a bunch of stuff going on in Phoenix, right, where the convention center is and in the downtown core. Then there's a bunch going on out in Scottsdale and Old Town, and then we're out here in Glendale, 
across the street from the stadium. So this is going to be a new one for me to be this close where I can literally walk to the stadium instead of having to do like a four-hour drive. And there's concerts that are happening everywhere, including here at Westgate, uh, that'll be going on tonight and tomorrow night. Uh, we're going to be at a um, at a uh, an event with one of our uh, our ga- uh, gambling partners tonight. So there's a lot going on. It's 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 been a lot of fun. But you know, the Super Bowl when you're down, you're covering it. It generally is pretty uneventful from a news standpoint, right? It's rare that uh, something crazy happens at a practice or whatever. I mean, you know, you might get the Barrett Robbins thing like that one time when the the center kind of disappeared there. But generally, <laughs> those kinds of things don't happen from a news perspective. It, it's uneventful. Nobody's pulling a Eugene Robinson from the uh, <laughs> the man yeah. of the year from the Atlanta Falcons yeah. back before that Super Bowl against Denver in Miami. All right, so let's go to um, to this. I didn't realize this. This is a nugget. Don Coriel is going into the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, one of my favorites, because Air Coriel Chargers. I didn't realize he coached UBC in 1953, his first head coaching job. Yeah, no, he was out there at UBC, and, and I know that, uh, you know, Lauren Davies, the, the late Lauren Davies, who was the athletic director at Simon Fraser, who was my boss for, for three years when I worked at the school, um, was uh, was involved out at UBC during that time as well. And yeah, I, we. Uh, if you're if you're out there in, in the BC football scene and you go back a little ways, you you've heard the stories. I mean, obviously I wasn't alive then, but uh, it was cool to always have that connection, especially when you were watching those great Chargers teams with with Dan Fouts and Kellen Winslow. Uh, you know, in those early '80s teams, to, to know that there was a little bit of a connection to BC. All right, so Kurt Warner is the last player who won an MVP and a Super Bowl in the same season. Patrick Mahomes is the uh, MVP. And I got to be honest with you, man. I don't know if it'll be as bad as when the Buccaneers played the Chiefs, but I think the Eagles are going to smash the Chiefs. Uh, maybe, but I mean, you're, you're, you don't like Patrick Mahomes anyway. Right? No, 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 I, listen, I, I think he's, un, no, I think he's, un, to me, he's unlikable, but you can't deny he's the best quarterback in the league. No, you can't. And if you're uh, if you're on uh, Wall Street uh, and you look at all the sponsors involved, you know most people generally believe he's likable. Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly a big fan. Um, look, for for me, I think if you take Mahomes and Kelsey out of it, mm-hmm. uh, I think Philadelphia is better in every other position. I really do. Um, you know, and, I, and the, the game from two years ago is a pretty good parallel. Uh, but that offensive line for Kansas City was not good. And not only were they not good, they were big time banged up. Mm-hmm. So it was a complete mismatch. This offensive line uh, this season for Kansas City, which has been rebuilt over the last two years, has proven to be much better. They get a little bit inconsistent at times uh, with um, uh, with Brown and Wiley at the tackles, but generally they've held up well. Uh, interior, their middle three are very good. So I do believe they're going to be in a better place than they were when they faced the Tampa defense two years ago. So for me, like I, I've kind of gone back and forth on this mm-hmm. right, because I do think Philadelphia is the better team outside of those two positions. However, Philadelphia doesn't play the style of play where they run away from you. So I think this is going to be a close game. So if Philadelphia is going to win this game, mm-hmm. it better be, as you describe, one side and they get out front early. But if it's a close game in the fourth quarter, Patrick Mahomes is going to find a way to win the football game. Yeah. That's just what he does. Yeah. So, you know, like you may be right. It may get one-sided. I just don't think Philly plays that way. I also don't think Philly's faced a good quarterback all season. Like, you know, Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones are pretty ordinary in my books. So yep. uh, they've, they've now got to face an elite player who will probably be around 90%, uh, which is a lot higher than he was uh, a couple weeks ago in the AFC title game. So 
if if Kansas City can keep it close, and and I do think they can, in the fourth quarter, the best player in the league will take over. But not only has an MVP not won it, a, a player that has led the NFL in passing has never won a Super Bowl. Oh, wow. That's a neat nugget. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Farhan, join me here for another minute or so. Uh, listen, you also are covering the CFL, even though you're uh, all over the NFL. Uh, you've reported that it looks like Geno Lewis is going to join Edmonton. So my question to you is this. In the West, who has the best receiving core as it sits right now? Winnipeg, Edmonton, or the BC Lions? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I would probably say, just from a pure talent standpoint, Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and look, I, I like what Dalton Schoen and, um, and Kenny Lawler are going to be able to bring in Winnipeg and Nick Dembski as well. Uh, but, you know, I, I think Edmonton's talented. I think in BC's case, what's interesting is that they really got to work together and understand the offense and, and do everything last year, uh, you know, where they were able to plug and play and guys got injured, the next guy came in. But we'll see what Vernon Adams can do with them because the offense is going to look a little bit different, right? Lawler's going to fit back in seamlessly. Uh, in Winnipeg into that offense. But uh, talent, it's a really good question. But uh, talent-wise, it probably would lean to Edmonton. Yeah, that's uh, I I tend to too. It's just interesting because they they certainly aren't at pro- as proven at quarterback uh, maybe as uh, oh. BC and and Winnipeg. Although Vernon Adams uh, still trying to find his total footing in Vancouver. We're out of time, Farhan. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, best uh, have some great uh, times down there in uh, in Arizona and enjoy the game, man. You too, my friend. Take care. Take care. That is Farhan Lalji, TSN, joining us live from the Super Bowl festivities. When we come back after 5.30, Luke Molitor in studio. It's the Sports Cage on 620 CKRM. 5.32 at the Sports Ticker and is for Busy Bee Overhead. Busy Bee will repair or replace your residential or commercial garage doors so you don't get stuck in or out. Catch the buzz. Busy Bee Doors, the garage door specialists. Well, if you missed the audio earlier, head to our Sports Cage Twitter feed and on Facebook as well. Our first ever Sports Cage Super Blow just happened a few short minutes ago. Put two eggs in the microwave. Whichever egg blew up was the team that is going to lose on Sunday. So bet your house on it. Go check it out on our Facebook page right now. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders have signed national wide receiver Mitchell Pickton to a two-year contract extension today. That was big news for our roughies. The Toronto Argonauts have re-signed star Canadian running back Andrew Harris per sources. And the Toronto Raptors, Pascal Siakam, has been named as an injury replacement for the 2023 NBA All-Star Game, which will take place one week from Sunday. is for the Canadian Brew House. The CBH is your Super Bowl party place with Super Bowl food specials and the most TVs to watch the action coming up here on Sunday. The Brandt Center is going to be rocking tomorrow night when the Moose Jaw Warriors take on the Regina Pats as it's looking like a sellout. Moose Jaw's in fourth place right now in the Eastern Conference with 69 points and the Pats sit in seventh place with 51 points. So Regina, unlikely to catch up to Moose Jaw, but the sixth place 
face Calgary Hitman. They're just an arm's reach away with 53 points. Tomorrow night, it's going to be fun. A slobber knocker, as Jim Ross likes to say. So a big game coming up in just over 24 hours, but an even bigger game coming up next Saturday at the Brand Center, as it will be the Cancer Awareness Game with the Winnipeg Ice in town. The Pats will be wearing themed jerseys designed by 22 Fresh for this game, which will be auctioned off online in the days leading up to the 18th. So it's going to be fun following the game. Any winning bidders in attendance will receive their jersey directly from the player on the ice. So if you don't have them already, tickets available on ReginaPats.com. Is your house. Welcome inside the sports cage on Saskatchewan Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Got a great show today. We've heard from Super Bowl winning Saskatchewan guy John Ryan, our senior hockey report, Julio Caravata, the legendary voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, Mitch Holfus, in our rewind segment, Arash Madani, Farhan Lalji, Jim McMahon was here. So was um, our friend Braden Lenius, Chase the Ace. Letitia won almost 2200 bucks. The pot is over 36000 Hey, uh, going back to John Ryan for a second, Zinger, before we get to Luke Molitor, I thought it was real interesting that he has willed his Super Bowl ring and his NFC Championship ring to the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame. That's what he said. It's cool. John Ryan said that on our show today. Yeah. He said it's in his will when he passes on. His Super Bowl 48 ring is going straight into the Saskatchewan Sports Hall of Fame. Does he have kids? Uh, no, no kids. No kids. That'll change if he has some kids. No, he won't have any kids. He doesn't want kids. And he's oh, in, he doesn't? And he's in his you know, 40s. There's, there's people like that that just <clears throat> yeah. don't, like, flat well, out career, don't want and, kids. And you know, I respect that because yeah, they're, right. ca- they're career-oriented. You got his wife, Sarah Colonna, the comedian, and you got him, who he just wants to be a baseball guy. He's not into kids. That's awesome. Yeah. He wants to be a great that's, uncle. That's, that's like, yeah. And if you have, see, that's even better. Yeah. So he's really got kids. He gets to be the fun uncle, load them up on yep. all the sugar, and then just send them home. And they're just they're, one of my favorite. I mean? One yeah. of my favorite John Ryan stories, and this is a true story. Uh, so I'm coaching flag football with my son. We're up in Lake Ridge, and we are the Seahawks. And mm-hmm. he was still playing for the Hawks, then obviously. And I said, "Hey, would you come out and give a couple of." Give a little motivational speech for the kids, yeah. eh? So we're running a little practice, and he comes out. It's rain. It's pouring rain. Like we're not going to practice. Like it's one of those days, Luke, where it, it's pouring rain, but you can see the sun over there. Yeah. And and, and I go, okay, well, guys, you got we're, hope. Now we're under the trees, and I was like, hey, guys, we're going to practice. But uh, sorry, John, we apologize. Apologize? Are you guys made of sugar? He says. And they're like, no. <laughs> He went out. He ran the whole damn practice. I took a picture with him. Twelve kids. I said, like, you're so you like, did nothing. I said, you're like Antonio Cromartie with all these kids. <laughs> <laughs> Except he doesn't have to pay pay child support. And so yeah. that was just that's all. That's what I love about John Ryan is he has never forgot where he came from. No, he's done so much for the football community, man. I I, <laughs> I mean, obviously his name's synonymous with uh, RMF Field mm-hmm. over there. It's uh, it's always good to see guys like that, especially guys that have the means, right? Mm-hmm. Um, willing to dedicate their resources to to build resources for other kids. Yeah. And so kudos to him. Man, I've always really respected his. Uh, Are you going to be co- like uh, Mike? Uh, Mike McCullough has. 
has, Jason Claremont has, just to name a couple. Mm. Uh, are you going to coach flag football when no. Luther wants to play? No, I'm not. You're not? Absolutely not. Oh, yeah, you will. No. Schultz, he said he wasn't going to, and he did. You will. Look, I don't, I, yeah, I don't. You will, because here's what he's going to do, Singer. He's going to sit on the side come on, Luther, for the first on. practice, too. He's going to critique the coach, and he's like, hey, I'm going to come and coach. I did that with volleyball with Madison. Exactly. I, I remember watching the first game Madison played Yeah. and calling my boy and going, I got to get in the volleyball coach. And he's like, why? He goes, because we just, and I said, we just got out coached. <laughs> I, I knew nothing about volleyball. So, I just knew that, I just knew that Maddie's team just got worked uh, on coaching alone. Speaking of coaching and your boy, you've always been a big proponent of Chris Jones. What yeah. is his mentality with having a middling quarterback, but spending money for a second straight year on the big prize receiver possession and Geno Lewis? Yeah, but you got to remember, I, I have a feeling that Geno Lewis has got the same contract structure as Lawler did too. So if Geno Lewis doesn't play, he doesn't get paid, mm. right? So I think that um, I, I think that hey, if you have a, like you said, a, a middling quarterback, right? You surround him with weapons. You know that offensive line. He, he mm. loves that big offensive line. I think that uh, again, I think that the Edmonton Eskimos are gonna or Elks, excuse me, they're gonna be so much better than they were last yeah, year. Yeah, they will I, be. And I and I, I, I love it because the West is gonna be really competitive. It's an arms race. You look yeah. at BC. Like I, I asked this afar at who's got the better receiving core, Winnipeg, mm-hmm. Edmonton, or BC? He's got a nicer receiving core. Those yeah. are your three front runners. Yeah. Well, again, they're lucky Nathan Rourke isn't around there because one of those, a couple of those receivers yeah. would have been clipped, right? right? But right. but again, hey, that's right. That's more power to them. Again, you, you have that those receivers and the receivers, they're plentiful now, but they have to be because that's where you're going to see the injuries. Ahead. I think you give the edge to Winnipeg because Kalaros is the better quarterback, decidedly, right. between those three teams. And they're going right? to keep an offensive line in front of Kalaros yeah. and they're going to manage their, their game plan based on on what and how, how effective their own line's doing. So I want Gino here, like I like Gino. I've had personal conversations with yeah. him. He's a good guy, and he's got a great story, and he's mm-hmm. an uh, he's the best receiver in the league, in yeah. my opinion. But I'd rather have two linemen instead of one three hundred thousand right. dollar receiver. Right. I'd, I'd I'd rather go after linemen. I like the, what the Riders are doing. Uh, they went and got that depth uh, offensive Lofton tackle. Guy, Lofton guy. Yeah, I mean, Lofton if out you, of, uh, if out of um, Winnipeg. This is an opportunity for him. I mean, you look to his current. Um, playing experience, and he's a, he's been a spot guy, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, look, we need you to bridge the gap yeah. for one game, right? He's played four yeah. games last year, I think. Played four games the year before, right? You're going to have an opportunity to in in a offensive line that's looking for tackles to prove you're either starter or or you're going to be a depth guy, right? So I think the more they can do that, the more they avoid last year. Last year, I think that um, I mean we all saw um, how bad our right tackle was last year. Natai Rogers. Natai Rogers. But but one of the reasons why is because there was no competition in camp. Mm-hmm. Remember we were talking about it. You and I were watching it, and, and we're like, you know, this is just sort of a they're just going through the motions, right? There yeah. there wasn't that much competition on some of the. So I think there's going to be a lot more competition this year. And again, you bring in a guy with, who's got a few spot games of experience to give him an opportunity. You got some guys that that are coming from down south that mm. that have a little experience. I think that you. But again, I think the opportunity is now to build the interior three through free agency in the CFL. I'm in, I'm intrigued by this. I think we're going to have a little bit of P&V right through the organization, if, if I can phrase it like that. Because let's be honest, Reynolds, mm-hmm. O'Day, and Dickinson are all in the same boat. They've yeah. all got the same amount to lose. Like They yeah. they are all on. They can, they can turn this around and get themselves a nice contract again, or they could all be gone. 
So that's the business that you choose, right? And and I was, I remember all last year, especially towards the end of the season when you were asking me, right? Mm-hmm. Like what? And and I was just, I was honest with you. I said, well, the the record shows that probably there should be some, there should be some some guys losing their mm-hmm. jobs, right? That's just the business that you choose. But, and and I. You know, I go in the grocery stores, I'm shopping, and guys come up to me and ask me all the time, like, what do I think? And the one thing that you're going to see, and that's why I think they're all in on Trevor Harris, basically what everybody's saying, right? Yeah. But what people have to understand is, just like you said, there's guys that only have one year they in the win. football front, right? In the front office, right? I think that they've got to win. I, I think Craig Reynolds is probably the safest one out of them. you got to give respect to a guy like Reynolds who brings a team through COVID, right? Sure. Like, like there was, during COVID... Craig Reynolds was the perfect guy to be leading the organization. He really was because it was it became about the money, about de- about right, yeah. about fact that you're not bringing in revenue. So you needed the guy like Reynolds, and and so again, I I think that, but yeah, Jo, I think Craig Dickinson. But at the end of the day, I agree with you with Reynolds. I agree 100. percent But you got to have people continuing coming to the games, right. and yeah, yeah, and if they yeah. don't win this oh, yeah. year, yeah, yeah. then well, then, then if, there's a total if, review. And and you know what's going to happen, right? You'll get the you'll get the crowds the first two games because yeah. that's what we do, right? Yeah. We, we're, yeah. And yeah, if if it goes, if the riders get blown out in the first couple weeks, right? If you have a slow start, you're you're going to be in trouble. Here's something I brought up on the pick six that we uh, used to start the show every time, and, and Zinger kind of liked it too. Um, I never got you to weigh in, Zinger. You can too. The teams are going this way. Like you look at one of the reasons Mark. Mueller is not with the Riders this year mm-hmm. is because A, he loved his stability in Calgary. Uh, B, he gets more responsibility and he got more money and they had the ability to give him more money because they made Dave Dickinson, the coach and GM, they moved Huffnagel upstairs, taking his salary off the books on the football side, but Huffnagel is still doing the GM stuff. Yeah. Who's kidding who? Yeah. Uh, that's why Kyle Walters is unsigned in Winnipeg. It's not because he's not good. They're going to move O'Shea that way. Walters could be out of a job. So my thing is this. Next year, with the structure of the Riders, they uh, they have a great year. And I think they're going to have a decent year. I really believe that. So they have a good year. These guys get a new contract. Why don't you bump O'Day upstairs to the vice president, as he is of football operations, whatever, however you want to restructure it. He still does the GM stuff. You get Dickie in as the coach and GM coach and GM and then you can add another guy to your staff or whatever like you got to start thinking outside the box like some of these other teams Jones o, uh, Orlando Steinauer that type of thing well minus Steinauer the problem that you just mentioned is the guys that are getting bumped up and the guys that deserve to right that you that you would rather make some some adjustments for to keep them in the organization they've all had success mm-hmm. right if you look at it pragmatically Jer- Jeremy O'Day hasn't had any success yet mm. coach Dickinson hasn't had any success yet mm. so why would you go out of your way to bump those guys up right yeah. Th- that's that's why this year is so big because there's there's a lot riding on the result of the season and right I mean who like what if the board gets impatient what if this team starts 0-4 well, imagine that. Yeah, well. Uh, the, no, no, hold on. I imagine that. Yeah. You, see, you see what I mean? Like, Well, their first seven games are murderous. Their first seven games so, okay. so, are murderous. So what if you go one and six in the first seven? Can you imagine that? See, that's what I'm saying. So so right now, it's it's all or nothing. You're yep. looking at a yep. GM and a head coach that, that have their backs against the wall. That's why they need to go in all in on an experienced quarterback like Trevor Harris because it's not all we can build and develop. This year is... Is either is either 
put up or shut up. So with that in mind, are you surprised Darnell Sankey's not back in the fold? No, no. I, I, I had a feeling that they were going to go with. They weren't going to get Dean and Sankey back. I think that I think it was the smart decision to put Dean, bring Dean back. You probably got him a little bit cheaper, and you got to hope, hope Micah Tight stays healthy. Yeah. So, so here's my question for you: In terms of posi- without being a personnel guy, but you've been around, watched it, played it with, you know. In finding guys, because we talked about Geno not coming here, mm-hmm. they got Wineke, probably get Key and Schaefer Baker back unless something's announced by the 14th. Mm-hmm. Um, can you find the two positions I think you can find the, the guys easiest, quote unquote, receiver, linebacker? Do you agree with that? American players is what American I'm saying. American players? Yeah. Like, you should be able to find yeah, these some receivers yeah, and linebackers. You're, you're, I think the skill positions are, are, are the most available when it comes to both countries, right? Yeah. Canada and and um, the, the States. Uh, I, I think it's, again, I think it's it's the trenches that, that is your mm-hmm. toughest sort of, um, your toughest task. And that's why you, you need to have money to invest in the guys that are still in the free agency pool. Two years ago, <clears throat> take... Suppose this was two years earlier, same type of situation with the same caliber player. I don't think Jeremy O'Day gives Darnell or gives Anthony Lanier just, a two hundred fifty thousand dollar deal. Just remember, just remember. Oh, I, Anthony Lanier. Yeah, no, I'm saying, oh, I'm no. saying because he's not in the. He well, has to win. They have to win, right? Well, no, the, and Lanier's good. He's proved that he can stop the run. He just needs right. someone next to him. Yeah. Lanier needs someone next to him that is going to command a double team that can move the line. That's why him and Garrett Marino were such a good. Because yeah. Garrett Marino just went in there, and that's why I called him Rekka Roth. He literally, if he was in the studio right now, those two computer monitors would be through that window. <laughs> Me and you would be on the ground. The speaker up there would yeah. be on the floor, and Zinger would be out the door. Yeah. Right? Like, he just, he just wrecked stuff. You know, and then Lanier, who was athletic and strong, like he was the guy that went and put the nail in the coffin. Yeah, he cleaned right? it up. What you have to remember is 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 one of the things that Brendan Taman doesn't get enough ta- um, credit for, or or the the regime that won the last Great Cup. Hobson and him, right? yeah, yeah, Hobson and him. We talk about the guys that you know bringing in, bringing in. Uh, Bringing in Labatt, Picard. Uh, no, no, no. That's the thing. That's the problem. They talk about bringing in Giroy. They talk yeah, about bringing yeah. in Ricky Foley. Yeah, man, it was Labatt and Picard. Yeah, and drafting Heenan, Ben Heenan, right? Like that gave him the. Uh, you get that if the Riders manage to substantiate the interior three somehow this offseason, they'll be they'll, they'll have a shot. So right? Sirocco's got to be the guy. I would love to see Couture, Darius. I would Couture's love to see. Gone yeah, Couture's gone. I would love to see Darius Sirocco here. Yeah, and that, and I know that's only one guy, but there's guys that inject an attitude, right? And I think Sirocco is one of those guys that that comes in with with that sort of mean. The, that mean streak about him. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's dirty. He's a dirty player. Like Picard was a dirty player. Yeah. The only the only people that liked Picard were his teammates, <laughs> right? So, but Sirocco, that's a guy I think that you want around your team because he's willing to play. It just seems like he's a guy that's going to play that tough, hard-nosed football that you want on your interior. We'll take a break and be back to wrap up with Luke Mullender in a moment here on 620 CKRM. We're talking sports on your way home. This is the Sports Cage on Sports Radio 620 CKRM. Or my Charger hoodie in here today, Zinger. That hurts me right there. It just stabbed me right in the heart. Yeah, I'll Go just say the... Uh... They deserve to be in San Diego, not they in move. L.A. They Although move. you have to admit, when we went to that game in L.A., there were more passionate Charger fans than Ram fans. Yep. And I was utterly shocked that the Riders have a better dressing room than the Super Bowl champion Rams and the Chargers. 
Now they, the only the right listen when they built that thing, yeah. they went and they did a tour of North America. They looked yeah. at some of the nicest stadiums out there. Our stadium when it was built, that was that was one of the nicest stadiums ever, but it was just less seats. Yeah, it's thirty three thousand. Well, you said it, Zinger. It's a scaled down NFL stadium. Yeah, the, absolutely. The thing with the with the Chargers and the Rams too, though, is they only use those locker rooms for, for like game five day. hours. Yeah, a riders day use it all the time, but still beautiful. All right, so I want to we're looking at the the lineman left out here. Okay, oh. so so I think this would be ideal, right? This guy here, Sirocco, yeah. national. Yeah. Philip Blake, who sh- should have never left in the first place. I hated when we lost Philip yeah. Blake. I literally, I hated that. I really, I, I love Philip Blake's game, man. Yeah. Um, or the former Golden Bear and Edmonton native, listen, Justin Lawrence. Listen, one of those guys. I don't know what the Riders have in the cap, right? They have some more. I don't know what they have in the cap, but Sirocco, Blake, and Lawrence. I'm making a run to get two of those three. And? And I don't care what I spend. And if I end up over the cap at some point, you know what? If you're 6-1 and one after the first seven, no one's going to care. Yeah, because you'll be selling enough jerseys. Yeah, exactly. You'll be selling jerseys, right? Yeah. The, 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 quarterback who, the quarterback will be a star because he's protected, right? Like, yeah. I... I'm playing. I'm making a major play, major push for two of those three guys. And guys like Luke Modern, Canadians, you win with good Canadians. We signed a good one today in Mitch Picton. Oh. And his his versatility Man. on the offense. You could plug him in in any receiving spot. He dude, knows the playbook. Dude, I got so much. I've I I've liked Mitch Picton since the day. This sounds like a fairy tale that I laid eyes on. <laughs> right? You, you knew that he like when he first came out of the U of R, right? He he was a smart football player. He mm. understood where he needed to be, when he needed to be there, and all he's done, when given the opportunity, has been he's played well. Mm. I, I got so much respect for a guy like that because um, you build locker rooms around guys like that, right? Mm. And they're dependable. You know, I yeah. always tell these young athletes that listen to this show, and a lot more are listening these days because of the work you and Zinger are doing. But if you want to master an ability. Make it dependability. And you can depend on Mitch Picton. I know he's not going to be in the wrong place. I know that if I'm if he's filling in for whoever he's filling in for, whether it's XYZ, right? I know that if he's the hot route, right? Mm-hmm. On the on a on yeah, all on a out blitz. blitz yeah. I know A, he's gonna know that, and I know he's gonna turn the right way. He's not gonna when, when mm-hmm. he needs to turn outside, he's not gonna turn inside. And he's not right? taking a playoff. Exactly. And he's not taking a playoff. I, yeah. I got I'm that is a that is a fantastic signing. Okay, let's get to the Super Bowl with the three minutes, yes. four minutes we've got left. All right. So in big games, in big games, guys like Ken Austin, guys like Wally Buono, uh, you know, guys like Don Matthews. They earn their money. They mm-hmm. they earn their money. That's where they earn their money. Nick Saban championship games. Is this the difference maker? Andy Reid pushes the Chiefs over the top. I do. I, I th- and, and it's not just Andy Reid. Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah. Right. Those guys. I think that uh, again. I I have a lot of problems here because it's a close one. Yeah. I I I, I, I don't think I, it's going to be, but you do. I don't think that I don't think you can go wrong picking for the Eagles because the Eagles are a good mm-hmm. team. But I just I I lay them down right. I put them side by side, and you would take Andy Reid and his staff ten times out of ten. Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. I Except for their old line coach, yeah, Jeff Stoutland. He was a former. He was for, he was formerly at Michigan State. That yeah. guy. Ask anybody who's played for that guy. Yeah. That guy is is a walking god. He's probably the best NFL coach. Uh, really? Offensive. Oh, absolutely. And and he's in Philadelphia. Wow. And yeah, I that guy was that guy was an incredible. You have coach. to admit when you saw Nick. Sir- you hate the Eagles. I get it, but you you saw Nick Sirianni's press yeah, conference at the start a... of the year, and you thought to yourself. Ah! 
yeah. but man, this guy. Yeah, I couldn't wait. This guy, this guy has proven himself. You have to give he him hasn't. credit. What is he proving to me? He hasn't well, done anything. No one's going to remember that they were the second place team if, if if Kansas City wins on Sunday. What happens when they win by ten? Like I think they're going to do. What happens? Do you think they're going to win by ten? Ten. Oh my goodness! It's going to be Tampa. Wow! It's going to be K- Zinger. Zinger, Tampa. where do you stand on this? That's ridiculous. Ten. That's yes. a lot of points. Yeah. yeah. But- I don't know, man. Hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're my color commentator, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You saw what happens when lines dominate games. We The the Philadelphia Eagles are way better on the lines. Yes. Way better. Uh, they With have the a better offensive line. And a better defensive line. They can rush. Tony Dungy said this. You, you cannot beat. You cannot beat Patrick Mahomes. By blitzing them. The no. Eagles don't have to blitz. They can only rush. They can rush four all day long and twice on Super Bowl Sunday and yeah. win against the guy who is way less than 100%. And that's where I think that Andy Andy Reid has been sitting back there with Eric B. Enemy when he's had time and stopped interviewing for offensive <laughs> coordinator positions and coaching jobs. And I think they're going to scheme it up. The, Andy Reid knows that. Mm-hmm. He knows what's coming. He's they seen better all this not before. do any of those gadget plays, man, on this, in the Super Bowl. I'll be so, Like oh. the ring around the merry go around in the huddle when they did How that against the Raiders? Would that be if they did one of Yeah, that's embarrassing. You, that, that was they can't, insulting. They can't Who did do, they do that against? The Raiders. They can't do that of on the grand stage. <laughs> that was an insult, and it was great. Can you imagine they did that in the Super Bowl? Okay, no. so here we go. I I, I, I want your – so so your your MVP is going to be? Travis Kelsey. I, I I said outside of the quarterbacks, he's if you put money on right now, it's plus 1,100. Travis Kelsey, MVP. Really? Plus eleven hundred. That's actually a really good. That's that's good money. But who's a defensive player that could be? Defensive player? Yeah, on the team. Christian Jones. Uh Fletcher Cox. Uh, defensively, I think it's gonna. If if it's anybody, it's gonna be a def- defensive back. A D back. Yeah. If if Philly wins, it's yeah. because it's not because they. If Philly wins, it's because they won the interception yeah. battle. Yeah. Not what the turnover you, battle. It's because they they won the interception. You're battle. banging your head there. Zing. <laughs> He's a Packers fan. But he it know. He will be, I, if it's a defensive player, I think Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is going to get about two or three sacks, you know, just yeah. like Reggie White wow. had in Super Bowl 31. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. Lastly, this guy will do anything to roll the Packers into yeah. the conversation. <laughs> it's so last, yeah. we, I asked Zinger this. I asked uh, Arash this. All right. On the field, yep. in this game, mm-hmm. name me the Future first ballot Hall of Famers. Future like, first ballot Hall yeah, of like Famers. People playing in this game, including yeah. coaching. Mahomes, a- yeah. Reed, Kelsey. Um, on the other side, you've you've probably got um, the other Kelsey. Yeah. You've got maybe Jordan Mylata if he if he continues playing. The Lane way he's Johnson, the right Lane tackle. Lane Johnson for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, Darius Slay. Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox. Yeah. There's a there's yeah. This is a Hall of Fame game. That's yeah. why I'm so excited Let's about go. it. That's why I can't believe you put it by ten. That's, that's a lot of points. I know. I put 50 bucks on it. I can oh, win big money. Oh, Whoa, man. Look at this guy. Man. Hey, no, he's, buying, gonna, he's buying a he's pizza on Monday and Tuesday. Me yeah. How do you think I'm paying for the Bahamas? <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, Christina. I brought you oh, a wait. drink. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. That's putting the cart before the horse. Hey, thanks for coming in, man. Right, you guys have a good Enjoy the Super Bowl, man. Oh, it's going to be great. You too, man. That'll do it for this week's show. Brennan McGuire, Sean Kleisiger, Luke Bonner, and a band of our friends in next week. We'll talk to you in 10 days. Today's sports page has come to a close. Miss a segment? Download or stream the podcast now at sportscage.ca. Get your sports straight from the source. 620 CKRM.